0: Robin Beeman is a marine geologist.
1: They'd be looking at the current flow in the area and trying to backtrack and follow along that path and they would be working out how far would the the currents have taken those those, uh, pieces of debris, if they in fact are debris, where would they have floated to? And that's how they would actually start pinning down this
2: search area to where it
0: is now. Police have arrested six people and seized drugs and over £300,000 in cash following raids across Buckinghamshire. Yesterday morning, two men were arrested in Aylesbury, one man was arrested in High Wycombe and two men and a woman were arrested in Milton Keynes. Thames Valley Police say the arrests will make a significant impact Act on organised crime groups operating in the region. European Union leaders meeting in Brussels have agreed to extend sanctions in protest at Russia's annexation of the Ukrainian region of Crimea. A further 12 senior Russian officials will face travel bans and asset freezes. Plans are also being drawn up for economic sanctions if Russia doesn't back down. More than 100 women wearing hijabs will be going to a Luton Town match tomorrow. They'll be heading to Kenilworth Road as part of a campaign to encourage more Asian women to take an interest in football. in and Rashid is one of the women who'll be in the crowd. She says people are still surprised by the fact she's a football fan.
3: I do get people that kind of look at me and go, oh, you play football? But it's kind of like it's gone more of a, oh, you play football, can I come with you now? Or if you'd come out for training, they'd look at you first and be like, oh, what's she doing here? But then once you got the ball and once you started playing, it was like we were all the same, we were all equal.
0: In sport, the world champion Red Bull Formula One team were given the freedom of Milton Keynes at a special council meeting last night. Team boss Christian Horner says Milton Keynes has played a big part in their success.
4: I was hoping they would grant me a special parking space, but um, unfortunately not, so uh, no, but it's a great recognition for the team and, um, you know, we're, we're, we're very proud of being based in Milton Keynes
0: and, um, uh, you know it means a great deal to everybody in the team. The weather, sunny spells, but feeling colder with some heavy showers later in the afternoon and overnight, a maximum temperature eleven degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
5: BBC. The Three Counties Radio's big tour
6: of Beds, Hearts, and Bucks. I would home in on our sense of community, our can-do attitude in the, in the town.
5: Inviting everyone to where you live.
6: There's always something to say hello to,
7: there's always somebody put me into, there's always something new in the shops.
5: All this week, we're featuring Newport Pagnell. The friendliness, the community spirit, the well-being. The big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: Friday I'm
8: feeling it I'm feeling it today I'm, f- I'm really feeling it today i got a cold coming you see that's what it is I didn't sleep and I got a cold got a cough and a, uh, the, the, um, the nose thing didn't I well, you know the nose thing doesn't matter it doesn't mean I'm going to give you any less than usual I will still be firing on 48% today don't panic lots coming up including three travellers and an illegal campsite 100 Asian women in a football match and two, much hugging. It's the different two, not the number. Ways to get in touch. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You could send me a cheeky text, and by cheeky, I think you know what I mean. 81333, starting at 3CR. Or you can give me a call. At 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and <laughs> BBC, from Counties Radio. Explosions everywhere. And coming up in a few minutes, guys, Paul coins. We
9: built this city. We
10: built this city on rock and roll. We this city. We built this city on rock and
9: roll.
11: Recognize my face Say you don't care who
9: goes To that kind of place Knee deep in the hoopla Sinking in your fight the state.
12: AM online and digital radio.
5: This is Ian Lee
12: on BBC
8: Three Counties Radio. Now, 5 years ago travellers set up an illegal camp on the green belt in Princess Risborough. Uh, the town's more permanent residents say the proceed that procedure uh, say the procedure that has to be followed to evict them is hopeless, sorry. The relationship between the three remaining travellers and the settled community is pretty good. But neither side feels in control of their own lives. Well, Paul Scoint has been to the site. Paul, what's happened here?
7: Well, Ian, this is uh, this is a so-called area of outstanding natural beauty in the Chilterns. Yep. Uh, it's just outside of Prince's Risborough on this sort of, sort of quiet country lane. And um, just behind the houses, uh, there, there was these sort of fields and fields of, of farmland. And then one day in 2009... Uh, That all changed and I spoke to residents Susie and Peter who have houses bordering the site.
13: About seven in the morning, the whole place was being dug up. There were about 50 men in the field and we tried to find out what was happening and it was just such an awful shock. They just said that they'd bought it, that it was gypsies. They put the fence up in practically an afternoon.
2: This was Good Friday On the Saturday, then there were huge numbers of 20-tonne lorries rolling along the road, coming down uh, the Upper Icknield Way, which is part of the Ridgeway, and coming into the site and just tipping their spoil. And I estimated they probably dumped something approaching a 1,000 tonnes of hardcore on the site. What does it look like? Well, it has to be said, Ian,
7: uh, it looks fairly out of keeping in an area like this.
8: Um, I'm asking what it looks like. You've sent me photographs, and it does um, stick out like the proverbial sore thumb, doesn't it?
7: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're talking huge concrete posts, um, big sort of dark fencing, hardcore all over the ground, and it has taken up a fairly large space. I I would say it's a sort of at least, you know, a few football pitches, that kind of size. It's a big size. Um, There were originally nine plots Um, now there are only two caravans there and when I went knocking on those uh, caravans the other day nobody answered A long legal battle, isn't, isn't there, taking place? Yes, absolutely. There have been uh, a number of appeals and all of which have been refused. Uh, we went to the Secretary of State. We didn't. They, they went to the Secretary of State. They threw the uh, application out and indeed went to the High Court. These residents told me of the problems they'd encountered. been
13: planning permission refused. Then it's gone to appeal. The appeal's been refused. It's gone to the Secretary of State. Then it's gone to judicial review. After that, we had a verbal appeal, which I'd never even heard of. And there was high court.
2: This was a a high court appeal in the name of one of the travellers who sought to get part of the planning decision overturned. That was refused and the travellers were given 18 months from then to leave the site and return it to its original condition. Are you hopeful that this will be the end of it then?
13: Well, we hope so, but then of course we had a big shock when another plan was um, put in and that one has been refused. It's exactly the same type of thing except it's for four pitches instead of nine. Um, We just didn't realise that that could even happen. I think this is where our frustration comes in. We just think, is it never ending?
7: Okay. so what does the council say? Well, the uh, council tell us that it, you know, it was an agricultural field uh, and work was carried out then to create that uh, caravan site and that began, as they say, in 2009. They say it is within the Greenbelt and the children's area of outstanding natural beauty and therefore entirely unsuitable as a caravan site. Uh, and they say that the result of it has led to, unfortunately, lengthy planning appeals, uh, which have been very frustrating for everybody involved, the council, the travellers and the local residents. Now, the latest application was refused on Friday, uh, the travellers now have 28 days to appeal that, uh, and the reason for that was basically harm to the green belt. Um, they say that in, as a council, they're nearing the end of the process. They hope, and the travellers will have to make good the site by January 2015, uh, and, and they say that they oh. need to make it good right back to the beginning. So it or could still drag on for quite a while. Oh, that's that's absolutely the problem. What yeah. about the travellers? Well, I left a card at the site and, and actually they did call back uh, and said that there are only now three people on the site, one of whom had had a stroke some time back uh, and they wanted to move on. In fact, actually, he had gone off the site for the, the time being, but returns frequently. Um, the lady said that they'd like help uh, with finding a new home, perhaps even a proper Say proper a sheltered home, you know, like a a settled community, if you like. Uh, Residents along the lane have been helping the travellers with their applications, and I think they do genuinely feel sorry for them, uh, especially with ill health. However, they told me they feel that the travellers really shouldn't have moved there in the first place, and they have no rights to be there.
13: We're in limbo because we keep waiting for the outcome. We don't know what's happening, and we keep thinking the outcome will be just round the corner, and then that's put back. So basically we can't make any plans for the future because we don't know what you know, what the future holds. We just can't move on.
2: You couldn't sell your house now? We couldn't sell a house now. Um, we've retired. We retired about five years ago and we think about downsizing. We can't do it. If... Through illness, we were forced to do something. We'd be in deep trouble.
8: Paul Scoyne's there with the residents of Princess Risborough affected by the traveller site at Hemley Hill. And we hope to talk to the travellers about their plans later. One thing I learnt during that piece, Paul, if Mm. you don't mind me saying so, Mm. you've got cards, have you? You've got business cards? Yeah. Do you want one? I'd love one. Really? um, Probably best to save it, actually.
12: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Looking on the speed sensors, things are a little slow in Chesant. Half High Lane is struggling as you approach the A10. And also in Cuffley, Plough Hill is slow as you head towards the station. Major routes all looking good at the moment. The M1 and M25 running well. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Thank you very much. Just in the nick of 6.16... Friday, the 21st of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Buckinghamshire, where an illegal uh, traveller site has again been refused planning permission, say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site behind homes on Hemley Hill in Princess Risborough appeared, appeared in 2009. The search has resumed in the southern Indian Ocean for the missing Malaysian airliner. The focus moved to the area after the Australian government released satellite images of two large objects floating in the water. And in sport, the world champion Red Bull Formula One team were given the freedom of Milton Keynes at a special council meeting last night. Well, let's hope they don't drive their um, sports cars uh, um, freely through uh, Milton... uh. BBC
5: Three Counties Radio.
8: Normally I go to a trail here, but no, I don't go to a trail when I see on my screen that one of my regulars has been doing some radio cheating. Joe in Letchworth, what the heck's going on?
15: What the <laughs> heck is Get going on, on, man? What have you come to confess? I've come to confess I have been um, up in Scotland working for the last
8: <laughs> three four days.
15: Scotland! And as well as been asking people about their referendum, what they think about it, I've also...
8: Oh, yeah, uh, but that's exactly what they want, is some cockney going, all right, geezer, what do you reckon? Do you <laughs> in or out, geezer?
15: Do you know what? It, it's, it's quite funny because all the people from Glasgow just automatically assume you're a Londoner, my, my old maca. Yeah. But um no, anyway, I've been listening to like all the local BBC radio stations on the way up. I'm on the way, so
8: sorry for, for that. You had to do that. <laughs>
15: I, I would be as well, because they're just not punchy as BBC 3CR, you know? They
8: just haven't got that ba that we've got. Give us give us some... Look, listen, we shouldn't diss our BBC colleagues, but come on, let's diss our BBC colleagues. Give us some of the names of the radio stations that were rubbish.
15: <laughs> BBC Lincolnshire. Aye. BBC Cumbria.
8: Oh.
15: BBC Yorks. I, I, I mean, don't... And uh, uh, I won't say BBC Scotland, even though they had. I uh, kid you not, the Piper Alpha uh, Hour.
8: The Piper Alpha?
15: The Piper Alpha, yeah. wow. hour, just an hour of bagpipe music and people talking about bagpipe music.
8: I'm not being funny. That don't sound bad. Jot that down as a possibility. (laughs) Tell us, I I tell you what, Joe, this is is actually very useful um, uh, research that we've got here, and I appreciate you you doing that. I've listened to, when I drive around the country, I love listening to other local BBC radio stations and laughing to myself. Um, But tell us what you like about 3CR, and then give us some areas where we could improve. Okay, well, you've got
15: you, okay, in the morning, and you've got the Lady Catherine and the, the rest of your producing team, which work very hard behind the scenes. Then you've got JVS, okay, and he does his consumer hour and things like that. So that is, a lot of the other radio stations don't have that. So yeah. you're very unique in that. Yeah. Then you've got my man, the Nick Coffer, and his weekend kitchen on a Saturday. So you've got fantastic. Then you've got Rob, uh, Rob Barone in the afternoon. And then the stage, And then it goes to, to the network in the evening. So it's, um, you've got a mixture it's really good. It's what? What? Where do you think we could improve? It's hard because when you're oh. when you're pretty damn good, yeah. out, well, where do you go from there?
8: Well, it's, uh, I, 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 c- d- Joe, can I just can I just bring in some members of my team here? Yeah, uh, cool. uh, Catherine, you got Catherine, you got name check. That must make you feel very proud.
16: I do. I feel like I'm swollen with joy.
8: <laughs> Kelly, you're looking a little bit sad. What's wrong? <laughs>
16: oh, well. Oh,
8: well, can you, you got Kelly? Oh. Well, no, but you said you said Lady Catherine, and then met other members. The rest of your team.
15: I'm sorry, mm. Kelly,
8: but Kelly does a fantastic
15: job on the BBC producing as well. So you know, it's um, you yeah, don't. I, I haven't been hearing it around the, around the country. Yeah, not
8: day, as so. good as Gary Floyd though. Let's let's be honest. Gary Floyd covers that bad boy.
15: <laughs> well, I don't know, but you know, Kelly's always pushing it and promoting it, so she's up what? there. She's up
8: there. What do you think, Joe? Can I ask you a question? And he's not here, so he can't hear this. What do you think about Paul Scoyne's political reporter?
15: <laughs> odd, unique, but a um, little bit flamboyant maybe. But you know what? He's, uh, he certainly gets to the heart of the matter, and I can't knock him because he's a fellow cyclist, and he, he's a, a he's a damn good political
8: reporter. So yeah, he's fe- he is he, he, the odd. I'm glad you mentioned odd. He's very, very odd. And you should see—he's isn't he flamboyant, Catherine, in his dress sense? He
16: really is very theatrical. Yeah.
8: that's <laughs> the word, isn't it? He's a bit showy-offy. Yes. He, he wears like mustard trousers
16: and
17: elbow
8: pads. Oh. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But like I say, I'm just glad to be back
15: in the heart of, of the free county. Right, listen,
8: Joe, you vote yourself uh, something we don't normally do here. You get to introduce Eddie Grant and Electric Avenue. And I don't think we've had any other caller has been allowed to do that. Not since the days, the dark days of the Leatherman. So, uh, Joe, over to you. Introduce Eddie Grant and Electric Avenue, please.
15: Well, fellow BBC free... Le- yeah, Get it right, mate. Get it right. Get the station right. <laughs> BBC Three CR introduces Eddie Grant and the one and only Electric Avenue.
8: Thank you, Joe. I don't think he's technically introducing him. I think people are aware of Eddie Grant's uh, slightly bland early '80s reggae. But uh, you know, thank you, Joe. ¡Suscríbete Now, how do you get more Asian women into football? Well, you sit them in the Oak Road end at Kenilworth Road, apparently. More than 100 women from the local South Asian community will be treated to an afternoon in the stands at Luton Town versus Chester tomorrow as part of an initiative entitled From Head Scarves to Football Scarves. Well, Justin, you've been out speaking to uh, Luton fans, haven't you? I have. It's um, an
18: interesting idea, this one. For me, personally, it almost feels a bit like a, like a school trip, a bit too far, so most fans saying, you know, it's great for the community sir, to come together, but some of them feel like it's a bit too obvious, and it's not a racist thing, but I think some people uh, going there tomorrow could have the mickey taken out of them. But uh, here's what Luton Town fans have had to say to me.
19: There's no problem about that whatsoever, and I think it's great for football. I mean, how often do you
18: see... Asian members of the community going to matches at Kenilworth Road? I've seen a couple but not many. Not so at all. talking what? Two, two or three out That's of right. what? Seven or eight thousand? That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's important for the club if they want to move forward. They've got a great catchment area here, yeah, haven't yeah, they? Of course they
19: have. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And uh, and it'd be great to see them come down there and I just hope that uh, I a one day off I would they come every every Saturday. And what a great season so far. <laughs> uh, it's the uh, uh, Cambridge one the other day there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Luton's only 11 points now, but I think we've done it now this time. You're not feeling nervous then? Uh, I'm not nervous at all. Yeah. I know uh, Ian Lee has got a £5 bet with someone. I yeah. don't know if it's... <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> but I think uh, I think he's lost that £5.
2: I think it's a good idea. Whether
18: it will work, I don't know. When you say work, are you talking long-term or are you talking on Saturday itself? Uh, long-term. I think some of the, the fans going to the game might start taking the mickey uh they probably will and you're talking about luton supporters or
2: are we talking about luton and chester supporters I, th- I think both sets because it's not an asian thing is it going to a football match mm.
20: i think people might take the Mick, to be honest Because you don't really see people like that going to a football match like on TV.
19: Yeah, yeah, I think it is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they'll go down there and they'll enjoy it and they'll see a different. The culture of football is completely different. Do you know what I mean? There is, there's always a mindset that is quite very intimidating. Mm. The chant in and that goes on at football matches. But if if you know if they can overcome that. I mean, obviously, there's, there's, there's a big thing about the racism in, in football. Well,
8: I'm joined now by Butch Fazal, who came up with the scheme. He's chairman of the National Asians in Football Forum. Morning, Butch. Morning. What's the thinking behind this?
21: I'm still quite. Um, I'm still taking in um, some of those comments. Go on, respon- respond. Respond to them. Go on. Yeah. Well. Okay. I will actually. Um, I, I. I hope that um, when 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 I take these these, these ladies down there, that um, and it is predominantly ladies as well. Um, that's that's the one point that I want to make to you. That it's not just. Um, the Asian community. The Asian community in uh, in general. Although that that chap said there's only two or three come along. In actual fact, we've had a we've had a scheme with Luton Town now for over five years in which we've had uh, regular not only um, uh, a couple of free tickets but also we've now increased the season ticket holders South Asian community. Actually, our season ticket holders at the at the at the club as well. And there's quite a few, and they continue to grow even to the point where we probably have. 10 or 15 lads that go to most of the away games as well. So, I mean, that's that's the first point I want to make. With regards to actually taking the mickey, I I hope that that doesn't happen because, uh, you you know, we've had an awful lot of conversations with Luton Town and I know the stadia is safe. But I also know that you know there's an element of banter which I, I
8: expect. Racist banter, isn't there? Quite often. The only football match I've been to was Luton Town versus Millwall. Yeah. Luton Town started a chant to um, Millwall about them living in caravans, and Millwall started chant- chanting back, yeah. "Where's your Taliban?" Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's just outrageous. And uh, but it happens, you- doesn't it? Well, well, are you it not does, concerned for? There's
21: no, there's no point. There's no point in hiding it. I mean it's there. So there's. But however. I mean, I hope that on, on Saturday it's, it's positive. And, you, and the, the guys that were speaking as well about the importance of it, and I think everyone knows my view on it, it's, got, it's, not, a, it's not a photo opportunity, it's not a one-day thing, it's about a sustainable, lo, uh, effective programme that's going to stand the test of time. A hundred
8: women in headscarves all sat together at a football match in Litton Town isn't a photo opportunity.
21: No, I'm... <laughs> Obviously, well, it is, isn't it, Butch? Come but on, be honest. Saying, uh, well, you know, I, I, that's what people think that it's about, but it's not about that. It's about the, it's the next generation of supporters, and especially like you, like like your reporter said, with regards to the uh, opportunity around um, actually getting into that community, and I think that's really important. And I think that we've got a real fantastic. Uh, this this could be the start of something fantastic, and I hope that um, everybody gets on board. And I hope that everyone gets behind it. And the little bit of Mickey taking, well, you know, there's misconceptions on both sides, really. You know, you ask the South Asian community what it's like to be in a a football stadium. The majority of them don't know. But all they know is what they've heard in the past.
8: Are these women uh, Luton Town fans? Most
21: of them are, actually. Most of them know about football. That's the most important thing. I think that's what you're going to find more than anything else. And a lot of them come from that catchment area, but have never been to the ground. So in many ways, okay, it's going, to be a, it's going to be an opportunity to actually go into the ground as well. When I say they're Luton Town supporters, it's a bit like every other Luton Town supporter nowadays. I mean, everyone's on board now because there's a bit of a bandwagon. But having said that, okay, if you've been following them for the last five years when they've been struggling in the conference, then, you know, it, it's dependent on what you, what you define as supporters, if I'm being honest. How did you choose them, Butch? We, I put a, um, well, there's a lot of them from my local football club are the parents of the local football club some of the daughters are the uh, the parents as well okay so we've kind of looked at them from lots of different ways and also um, Luton Sixth Form College students uh, have have come along as well and uh, are gonna, are going to be there for the for the whole, you know, for the game as well. So there's lots of different ways that, you know, we've come to the community. I've put, um, uh, put notices out in most community centres and mosques to ask if there were anyone that would be interested. So that selection of, of supporters has been wide-ranging.
8: Butch, I've got to end it there because we're out of time. I wish you the very best of luck. Maybe we'll speak uh, on Monday to see how it went. Butch Fazal, uh, chairman of the National Asians in Football Forum. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Harpenden, things are building up on the High Street around Station Road and also on the speed sensors in Sherrington. The A509 heading towards Emberton is slow going around the High Street. Also in Bedford, the Bromham Road is starting to build up heading towards the centre of town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio.
12: Across beds, hearts, and bugs.
5: This is BBC's Three Counties Radio.
0: With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Residents in Buckinghamshire where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site behind homes on Hemley Hill in Princess Risborough appeared in 2009. Ships and planes have resumed their search for debris that may have come from the missing Malaysian airliner and police have arrested six people and seized drugs and over £300,000 in cash following raids across Buckinghamshire yesterday morning. Thames Valley Police say the arrests in Aylesbury, High Wycombe and Milton Keynes Will make a significant impact on organised crime. Three Counties Sports.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Tottenham are out of the Europa League after a two-all draw away to Benfica in Portugal. Saw them go out 5-3 on aggregate. Manchester United and Chelsea are in this morning's draw for the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They're joined by Spanish trio Real Madrid, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid, German sides Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund and the French team Paris Saint-Germain. In tomorrow's matches, there's a bucks Hearts derby as Stevenage host MK Dons. Stevenage are without injured skipper John Ashton. The Dons have Stephen Gleeson suspended. But Cole Robinson... Could include on loan Swansea forward James Loveridge, who's impressed in training.
8: Very quick, um, he, he joined in a game for twenty five minutes and scored three goals
15: on on Tuesday. And um, Patrick doing that when he first came in. That's what maybe put him in the team. So he, he seems to be. He knows where the back of the net is, and he can run. And it's, he's
0: another body, um, but he's very very quick, and he, he certainly knows where the goal is. I like what I've seen in training so far. In the Championship Watford go to inform Wigan with the Hornets on a run of 13 away games without a win. In League 2 Wickham are waiting on the fitness of strikers Matt McClure and Stephen Craig ahead of the home game with leaders Rochdale and conference leaders Luton look set to be without the influential Luke Guttridge for the rest of the season as they prepare to welcome Chester to Kenilworth Road. Red Bull have formally appealed Daniel Ricciardo's disqualification from Sunday's season opening Australian Grand Prix. Ricciardo finished second but was penalised for a breach of fuel consumption rules. Speaking last Milton Keynes to mark being given the freedom of the borough. Team boss Christine Horner said they were confident of getting the place back.
4: To finish second in Australia was a fantastic result, particularly for Daniel Ricciardo. To be excluded was hugely frustrating, but obviously we're
0: going to take that to appeal
4: and um, you know, feel that we have a
0: strong case. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven.
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
0: This is Ian Lee.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Yes. Morning! Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. All this week we're celebrating the magic of the Divine Comedy. Why stop now? Everybody knows that
10: I love you. Everybody knows that I
2: need you. Everybody knows that I do. Except you. falls above.
8: Please, for goodness' sakes, wonderful. So, the Daily Mail have sunk to new depths today. Uh, Loren Scott, of course, Mick Jagger's uh, girlfriend who killed herself, the front page of the Mail. How the other stones called Loren Yoko. Oh, let's turn to page eleven, and maybe it's an affectionate uh, nod towards you. Oh no, it's night's nasty. Mick Jagger left his girlfriend Lorenz Scott behind on the latest Rolling Stones world tour because his bandmates branded her the group's Yoko Ono. The other Stones allegedly loathed the thought 49-year-old American fashion designer because she was so controlling. Hang hey. on a minute, she's been dead a couple of days, for goodness sakes. And there's another story as well in here. Let me just find it. They're really going to town on this... Uh, this woman. I don't know where it is, but basically saying she's only famous because she was going out with Mick Jagger. That's the only reason we'd heard of her. Well, yeah, that... Tragic, yes, but she was only famous because of Mick Jagger, says Jan Moyer. Fashion designer, uh, call, uh, fashion designer called Lorenz Scott died this week of apparent suicide. She left no suicide note. Turn, 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 turn. Um, I recount all this because millions of people, including the vast majority of the UK population, at the very least, had no idea who she was. Well, yeah, she's just killed herself for crying out loud, you heartless pigs.
16: And this is from the same paper who put it all over the front page? Yeah, exactly. And now they're taking her down.
8: Oh, it's terrible. Come on, let, 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 let her lie a couple of weeks, for goodness sakes.
16: As many as four in ten young children fail to develop bonds with their parents, a new study found. Poor parenting in the first three years of life can hold children back at school, yeah, we kind of know that, don't we, and lead to behavioural problems. This is called to, to research on behalf of um, the Sutton Trust, which is a social mobility charity. The effect continuation later in life with insecure children more likely to leave school without further education or employment. Do we really need studies to tell us that it's so important before they go to school to get a decent bond with your child and uh, to talk I to them?
8: I kind of thought that was common sense, isn't it? Isn't that the common sense thing that we've... Uh, no, apparently not. Uh, Lord Tebbit's kind of uh, talking... Well, he's, uh, well ha- have a listen to whether he's talking nonsense or not. Food bank users spend money on junk food, says Tebbit. People use food banks to get basic items for free and then spend their cash on junk food, Norman Tebbit claimed yesterday. The Tory former cabinet minister said there was a near infinite demand for anything available for free. He was speaking in a House of Lords debate about food banks.
16: Does he know that you have to be referred by social services to get to a food bank? You can't just rock up and fill your boot.
8: Yeah, no, it, it takes ages, doesn't it? Clearly nobody... Um, oh, that's somebody else saying that. OK. Well, uh, I, I, having never used a f- food bank and not being too familiar with people who do, I don't know if what he's saying is... is the, the second bit... There is an infinite demand for anything available for free. Well, that's... Mm. But maybe people do go to food banks, and then on their way home, they go and get a McDonald's as well. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't got the evidence. If you've used a food bank, uh, or you know someone who does, 08459 four double five five double five, is what Norman Tebbit saying. Completely out of um, proportion as he uh, stands there in his, um, his mink stole that he's wearing as a lord.
16: Or are we in danger of alienating people who yep. already feel like they're on the margins of society anyway and already feel pretty ashamed that they're having to use a food bank?
8: Yeah, let's, let's find out. Watch, let's watch those phones. <laughs> Light up! Those are, here's another one. The mail really is on form today. Oh. Child, this is great. Childminder left girl three in car for five hours after forgetting all about her. A girl aged three was left strapped in a car for more than five hours after a childminder forgot about her. Carol Court, 67, had agreed to give the child a lift to the nursery that she ran as a favour to her parents. But when she arrived, she completely forgot the girl was in the back and automatically picked up her handbag and went into work, locking the car behind her. At a care standards tribunal, Judge... Anyway, Miss Court uh, found the child that afternoon. She thought she'd only just been placed in the car by a member of nursery staff at the end of the day.
16: Uh-huh. so she didn't remember her going in there in the first
8: place? That's nuts, isn't it? Five hours! The child's mother said Mrs Court wept as she told her, I've done something awful. I've ruined the nursery and let everybody down. Oh, gosh. The girl's absence uh, from the nursery went unnoticed by other staff... Her mother had phoned the nursery at the end of the day to ask after her daughter and assumed a member of staff was joking when he said he hadn't seen her. That's nuts, isn't it? How can you leave a kiddie? To, I mean, uh, you know... They
16: fall asleep, don't they?
8: Maybe, maybe. I've, I've, I've gone into the house, opened the front door and gone, oh, the boys are in the car. <laughs> oh, yeah. But five hours... Something would click, wouldn't it? What a muppet!
16: We would hope so. Have you seen this thing about the giant vending machine instead of the village shop no, in go Derbyshire? Villagers have long been accustomed to facing a drive when they run out of basic supplies. This is in the Times. However, help is now near at hand in the form of a co- the country's first automated push-button shop. And there are lots of jolly pictures of um, nice ladies uh, queuing up to have a look through the window and deciding what they want and mm. peering in in that kind of mum way. Mm, what's that there? The mum here. But I think it's a bit sad.
8: Why do you think it's sad?
16: Because for a lot of people, those shops are their point of contact with humanity. If we end up replacing them with a cheaper alternative, which these will be, surely, um, we lose that, don't we?
8: I've just seen James Corden topless. That's something that's going to be burnt on. He's, he's editing The Sun. He's pretending to edit The Sun today. And so he's taken his top off with loads of other men. Page three, Sunners. Um, I, get, I get the joke. He's fat. That's the joke, isn't it? That's, I mean, that's the joke. I don't get Corden. I'm sure he's a lovely bloke now, but I, there's just something smug about him. Do you, do you get the smugness? Does, that, does the smugness rub off on you?
16: A little, and as the daughter of a newspaper journalist, I'm not sure how he'd feel about people just rocking up and pretending that they're editing he's, his paper. Yeah, it kind of
8: denigrates the whole profession, doesn't it? He's pretending, isn't he? There's, there's loads of pictures of his... Um, where is the pictures of his... his? Oh, there's uh, Pamela Anderson's um, boobs. Uh, uh, there's a picture of him. Oh, here we go. Nine o'clock. My publicist, Stuart Bell, Santa and I meet Sun Supremo Dave. 12 pm, chairing morning news conference as executive pitch possible articles to me. 1 pm, da- daily planning. 2 pm, strip for page three. 3 pm, go over the photo script for Dear Deirdre.
16: There you go. Job done. Newspaper.
8: Unbelievable. Travel news for beds, cards,
12: and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise is building up around Junction 20 for Kings Langley and also heading from St Albans towards the M25, North Orbital looking slow at the Junction 21A roundabout to join the motorway. And in Harpenden, things are slow in both directions on the High Street at Station Road. And the A5 is building up northbound as you approach Dunstable. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you,
8: Alice. 6.45, it's Friday the 21st of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Buckinghamshire, where an illegal traveller site, has again been refused planning permission, say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site behind homes on Hemley Hill in Prince's Risborough appeared in 2009. The search has resumed in the southern Indian Ocean for the missing Malaysian airliner. The focus moved to the area where, after the Australian government, released satellite images of two large objects floating in the water. And in sport, the world champion Red Bull Formula One team were given the freedom of Milton Keynes at a special council meeting last night. Right, let's get the weather.
22: Beds, hearts and bucks weather.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
22: Well, James Corden might want to put his clothes back on again as it's going to be noticeably colder today. Fairly bright, though, with some sunny spells around, but we're joined later on by some blustery showers. And believe it or not, we may even see the odd snowflake today. We'll have fresh southwesterly winds with temperatures reaching 11 or 12 degrees Celsius. And tonight we've got some clear spells holding on to those blustery showers, so perhaps some more wintriness through the night, certainly a chilly night with temperatures down to 2 or 3 degrees. And tomorrow, a very similar day, although we'll probably catch those showers a little earlier on. And again, probably some wintriness, particularly on higher ground. Temperatures up to about 11 degrees Celsius. And pretty much the same for Sunday. We're looking at uh, possibly even a severe frost overnight Saturday into Sunday. And then on Monday, we've got a ridge of high pressure. So it's a short-lived period, though. Uh, For that day, you can imagine it's a sort of sunny, chilly winter's day, though. On Tuesday, perhaps some early rain, although it looks like it could just be cloud by the time it gets to us and then becoming milder again towards the end of the week that's your latest forecast
18: tomorrow afternoon we've got MK Dons battling for a playoff place
21: and MK Dons have
18: the third. And Stevenage trying to climb out of the bottom four.
21: Graham
19: Westley will be fuging with that
18: one. So three points mean more than ever when they meet. This
15: next
21: seven days will define who we are as people. This is my greatest achievement as a manager up to date. A
15: local game—it's always one that gets uh, gets the fans up—and uh, we look forward to that. And if we get three points there,
18: and um, we'll be in good shape. We'll have live commentary on Stevenage versus MK Dons, as well as Watford and Luton. Towards Merkel. Merkel
8: must score.
18: Merkel does score. It's been tough going
8: for the Hatters in the opening half an hour, but they've made the breakthrough. Three Counties Sport, tomorrow from two, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. So, Kelly Betts, what's this BBC Introducing I've heard so much about?
17: Oh, wow, well, good question. Yeah? BBC Introducing is a show every Saturday. I know, it's Saturday
8: <laughs> night where you get local unsigned bands. What and time? Groups. It's uh, eight to nine, presented by Gary Floyd. Well done. Yeah.
17: What's on it? What sort of stuff? I've just told you. Say it again?
8: Local unsigned bands. Yeah. yeah. They're good, though. Well... Um, and We're good, though. Okay, so as you say, we are, we are contractually obliged to play one of those songs every Friday.
17: No, it's not true.
8: Oh, then we'll play um, uh, Philoki, shall we? No. Oh. Who have we got today? So,
17: it's uh, your correspondent, is what he's known as. His real name's Andrew, if anybody is interested. He's from Bedford, and this is his track The Violin Trees.
8: That was thoroughly decent, wasn't it? It was an interesting little song. It's the Violent Trees. Um, Who is it by, Kelly Betts? I can't remember the name of the... the, Your correspondent. That was it, wasn't it? You can hear more stuff like that on BBC Introducing uh, on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock.
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: 8459 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Now, four search aircraft have been sent to an area of the Indian Ocean after the Australian spotted what could be parts of the missing Malaysian airliner. Flight MH370 disappeared 12 days ago after fe- veering drastically off course. Well, David Means, the Director of Blue Water Recoveries, worked on the recovery of the Air France wreckage from the Pacific in 2011. He says another complication for the search is that the plane's black box recorder stops emitting a signal after a month.
11: Sometimes actually they don't even last 30 days so by the time they can actually get the equipment out into this area of the world to start listening for the pinger you're probably looking at something on order of about 22 days so there's probably only a handful of days left even if they start mobilising this equipment virtually overnight.
8: Well, we can go live now to Kuala Lumpur and speak to our foreign affairs reporter, Gavin Lee. Gavin, what's the atmosphere like there, given that we've had so many false leads over the past few days? It's
23: very raw. People are, are very emotional. Families of you know, the, the missing passengers, you can only imagine just what what they must be going through. So it's a very tense, agitated atmosphere. I'm staying in the Aveni Hotel, where in Kuala Lumpur, a number of the families, the Chinese families of the missing passengers are staying. And um, for many of them, it's hard for us to speak to them and vice versa, because in this hotel, as many others, there's a line of security guards in front of their rooms. And they've been told by the Malaysian authorities not to speak to journalists, to ignore the reports they see or hear or read, because there are so many spurious theories. We have spoke to uh, a, a few families and you know, one man told me yesterday his brother-in-law uh, is missing. He said you know, he, like many others uh, who have you know, gone every day to the, to the conferences to get briefings from the, from the authorities, they don't believe this, uh, these two objects, one that's 24 metres, one that's 5 metres, will turn into anything. They believe that's, that's not going to be true. He said he faintly and bleakly hopes for hijacking, that it means at least
8: demands can be made and they then can be released. Several uh, specialist aircraft were part of the search for these objects that could have been the wreckage, nothing was found Uh, those aircraft are back out searching the area again today aren't they? Yeah, it's a huge area. I think one of
23: our colleagues described it as looking for a needle in several hay- uh, haystacks. I mean, it is 100,000 kilometres that needs to be searched. The, ver- this, the grid reference that caused so much excitement yesterday um, was looked at by an Australian Orion aircraft, then this, you know, the, the best-equipped aircraft so far, the US USP-8 Poseidon aircraft, the anti-submarine aircraft, came in. It's got the facilities of searching above and below the surface of the ocean. It can fly about 1,000 feet above sea level, so it can cover a huge area. Neither uh, picked up any signs. I think they, they, they saw... Um, A frigate's going through, and they said whatever it was five days ago that was picked up on this satellite, it isn't there now. So they are going back to this huge area, they go in a lawnmower pattern, back and forth. It takes them three hours to get there, three hours to get back, back. so it limits their flying time uh, to about two, three hours. But they should be around the area in the next few minutes. Any closer to knowing what the satellite spotted? No idea. No, absolutely, categorically not, really. For Listening to all of the crews that have come back from those Australian aircraft, they say that see, there's a pod of dolphins on that air, in that area, there's a uh, freight ship, but there's no way that they said the experts would have mistaken you know, two large objects for a freight ship. It seemed to match a debris field, which would have happened perhaps if an aircraft had hit the waters, and it was around the area that the British company Inmarsat, the satellite company, had said that if the aircraft had flown, as it seemed to, for seven hours they were picking up signals, uh, that would be where... It would run out of fuel, so the search will continue. Of course, you know, think about eddies and and, and the water movement, which could push these objects, um, you know, hundreds of miles away uh, by now. And that's why they will sort of go off course and, and look elsewhere today. Twelve days, Gavin. How on earth are the families coping with this? Yeah, well, we two weeks tomorrow. Um, I, you know, it's something that I guess all of them are. Uh, wrenching their hearts about and you know you can see it in in the faces you know you saw the ugly ugly scenes a few days ago with one woman who was told not to attend a press conference, she was a a relative of a family member and she basically screamed out in frustration during the press conference and if you saw the images she was manhandled, grabbed by the collar and thrown into another room in front of the cameras and then the door was closed and and it was very embarrassing, ugly scenes for the Malaysian government they've apologised for it but they carry on waiting and most of them carry on hoping that it isn't uh, this discovery in the, the South Indian Ocean and and the search carries on. I should say the other thing that a lot of people are asking is, you know, by by two weeks now, we have got no idea still of of the cause or the motive. The FBI is involved with helping the Malaysian government. You know, they say they've looked at the pilot, they've looked at the co-pilot, the crew, the passengers. At least what we're being told, there's nothing come up so far that indicates any motive.
8: And as the search stops everywhere else, Gavin, are they throwing all of their eggs into this one basket...
23: No, they're not. They're still searching. Uh, today we asked um, Malaysian officials this morning, they've, they've said that they're looking as, as far as north as Malau and, and China. Uh, privately, though, I was, was hearing from some of the officials uh, yesterday in one of the press conferences uh, outside it, and he said their sense is that the flight did not go over land. The information from the British satellite company suggests that any military radar uh, of a country involved in one of those northern countries would have picked up um, the, the satellite signal. So it's very likely to be somewhere in this, what they're calling, the
8: southern corridor of the Indian. Gavin Lee in Kuala Lumpur, thank you very much indeed. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Berkhamsted, Kings Road, heading towards the High Street, is queuing at the traffic lights. And also in Borehamwood, the A1 southbound is queuing between Stirling Corner and the Watford Bypass. On the M25, anti clockwise, things building up around junction 20 for King's Langley. And on public transport, there's no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley the headlines, residents' frustration over Buckinghamshire Traveller's site, head scarves to football scarves in Luton is not a publicity stunt and military honour for St Albans Soldier BBC Three Counties Radio Residents in Buckinghamshire where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site behind homes on Hemley Hill in Princess Risborough appeared in 2009 but has subsequently been refused permission by the High Court and the Government. Another application has now been turned down. This resident says they don't know if the site will ever be removed.
13: Been planning permission refused, then it's gone to appeal, the appeal's been refused, it's gone to the Secretary of State, then it's gone to judicial review. After that we had a verbal appeal which I'd never even heard of. I think this is where our frustration comes in. We just think, is it never ending?
0: The man behind a scheme to encourage more Asian women to get involved in football says 100 women wearing hijabs attending tomorrow's Luton Town match is not a publicity stunt. Butch Fazal told Ian that head -head scarves to football scarves is a genuine attempt to get the Berry Park community to go to Kenilworth Road.
21: It's not a photo opportunity, it's not a one day thing, it's about a sustainable effective programme that's going to stand the test of time. A hundred
8: women in time. headscarves all sat together at a football match in Luton Town isn't a photo opportunity.
21: That's what people think that it's about but it's not about that. It's about the ge- it's the next generation of supporters and a lot of them come from that catchment area but haven't yeah. been to the ground.
0: Ships and planes have resumed their search for debris that may have come from the missing Malaysian airliner. They've converged on part of the southern Indian Ocean, more than 1,500 miles southwest of Perth in Australia, where two large objects were seen in images taken by satellite. Police have arrested six people and seized drugs and over £300,000 in cash following raids across Buckinghamshire yesterday morning. Thames Valley Police say the arrests in Aylesbury, High Wycombe and Milton Keynes will make a significant impact on organised crime. A young St Albans soldier and a friend who helped him when he was shot in the neck in Afghanistan have been given military honours. Lance Corporal Simon Maloney receives the Conspicuous Gallantry Cross, the most prestigious medal after the... The Victoria Cross. Somehow it was just a flesh wound. Um, it was in and out but it missed the main,
21: the main points that would obviously um, debilitate me. Um, so I, adrenaline was pumping
8: and I, I just carried on to be honest. I, once the 30 seconds went and I wasn't dead I thought that it might not be that bad and I even thought that it might be shrapnel because I thought how am I still alive?
0: In sport the world champion Red Bull Formula One team were given the freedom of Milton Keynes at a special council meeting last night. Team boss Christian Horner says Milton Keynes has played a big part in their success. You quite often hear
4: Sebastian Vettel talk about Milton Keynes. And, uh, um, you know, of course, so many suppliers are based locally, so many of our staff live locally. Um, and it's a great place for a Grand Prix team to be based. It's, uh, you know, we've grown out of Stewart Grand Prix into Jaguar. And then Red Bull, of course, bought
0: Jaguar just under 10 years ago. The weather, sunny spells, but feeling colder with some heavy showers later this afternoon. A maximum temperature, 11 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks.
2: I've been
1: in Newport Pagnell since 1978.
5: Inviting everyone to where you live. Up by the river, there are steps down to the water and you can see fish. All this week, we're featuring Newport Pagnell.
7: You've got us here as the greengrocers. you've got the local butchers.
5: The big tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots to talk about this morning, and as always, your input is uh, is welcome and encouraged. Some of the things coming up include three travellers and an illegal campsite, 100 Asian women and a football match, and too much hugging. We hug too much, apparently. There's a lot more of it than when I was younger, definitely. Facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text, 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555.
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
8: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Princess Risborough are so keen to help the town's three remaining travellers move on, they're filling out their council house forms for them. An illegal camp was set up there almost overnight five years ago. And while the settled community insists they get on perfectly well with the travellers, they're frustrated the eviction process is taking so long. Here's what they told our reporter, Paul Scoines. About
13: seven in the morning, the whole place was being dug up. There were about 50 men in the field and we tried to find out what was happening and it was just such an awful shock. They just said that they'd bought it, that it was gypsies, they put the fence up in practically an afternoon.
2: This was Good Friday. On the Saturday, then there were huge numbers of 20-tonne lorries rolling along the road, coming down uh, the Upper Ignield Way, which is part of the Ridgeway, and coming into the site and just tipping their spoil. And I estimated they probably dumped something approaching a thousand tonnes of hardcore on the site.
13: We're in limbo, We're, because we keep waiting for the outcome, we don't know what's happening and we keep thinking the outcome will be just round the corner and then that's put back. So basically we can't make any plans for the future because we don't know what you know what the future holds. We just can't move on.
2: You couldn't sell your house now. We couldn't sell our house now. Um, we've retired, we retired about five years ago and we think about downsizing we can't do it if through illness we were forced to do something we'd be in deep trouble
8: well Eileen Cash is one of three travellers still left at the site morning Eileen good morning you've been there right from the start haven't you? right from the start Bosh yes so so when did you move in there?
24: Um, well we've just coming up five years now next month on Good Friday I think it was
8: and how many travellers were there at the start?
24: Quite a lot, quite a lot. There's nine plots there.
8: And, and so how, how many, what, what does that translate to numbers, 40, 50?
24: Yeah, well, some of them would have had kids and everything, you know what I mean? And um, lots of children at the time. There was a lot of young families
8: there. So there's only three of you left. What happened to the others
24: Well, they couldn't get back on when they went off for a while, and then the council put an injunction on it, so they couldn't get back on. Uh. Yeah.
8: Who owns the land, Eileen?
24: Well, everybody had a little plot individually on the ground. And, you know, bought the the individual plots of some other travelling people. See, one person, or a couple of people bought the land, do you understand what I mean? And then other people bought it often to live on, you know what I mean? As so we thought, were well, we well, to live there yeah. for the rest of our life. With water and electric and and toilets and make a home of it, make a nice place of it, but it didn't turn out that way. Uh, quite
8: Doing a lot on. of work has been done there, hasn't it? A lot of concrete's been laid and, and fences have been put up. Did you have planning permission to do that?
24: No, I didn't do any of that. No, the, what was put on the, the road going in and the, the basis that was put in, the people that bought it didn't have anything got to do with that. They, you know what I mean? It was done.
8: But you were there from the start? Yeah, was yeah. So I, I, I guess you, you perhaps have to accept some of the responsibility if, if you were there from the start and you're enjoying the benefits of it.
24: I didn't enjoy any benefits at all. Only, uh, uh, only tormentful. Never today I went into it. It's up in my life. I it's true. I spent five five Christmases there, cold, and, and fed up with no water, no electric, or nothing, and we couldn't get a van because it was green belt land. And I didn't understand, I'm not a man, I didn't know. I thought, took for granted that I was going to get electric and water and stuff on.
8: So you feel that that you've been lied to? Yeah. By who? The the other travellers? Who who do you feel you've been lied to? The other travellers or the council?
24: No, not the travelling people because they were only doing good for us as the thought, like, you know what I mean, that it was going to be passed because. At the end of the day, whether it's green belt land or not, even people in houses have greenbelt land maybe yeah. behind their house. It can be able to build little granny houses for their, for their parents but or whatever. But they, they, you know they, know what they
8: would need to get planning permission for that, wouldn't they? And, and there wasn't planning permission for this site, yeah, was there? they
24: would have needed to get planning permission, and we should have got planning permission to do what we've done too.
8: Why? I beg your pardon? Why should you have got planning permission, Eileen?
24: Because we are human beings. We need somewhere to live just like yeah.
8: everybody else. But not everybody. But but you can't just... You, you, you Surely you know that you can't just rock up somewhere and expect to get planning permission.
24: I, I understand that, but there's lots of travelling people out there. Yeah. And people that's not travellers. You know what I mean? Getting places to stay. Maybe people with big houses down the road opens up other places to sell eggs and everything. And, and uh, right. you know, makes spaces there. Like makes a little farm open.
8: But why should, why, should, why should... I mean, I've seen the, this area, and it's a fantastic area. It's, it's absolutely wonderful. It, it, it could be argued that that um, the, the Traveller Camp um, has blighted that wonderful um, area. Wh- why should people be giving planning permission wherever they fancy?
24: Well, I do not know. We, we would, do you know what I mean? It was just a place for us to live that was bought, and that's it. And uh, we weren't thinking of the green belt area, no. or the beauty. But we we made a we, we would have made it beautiful for ourselves too. If we hadn't been left to live there, but it, it just wasn't to be.
8: Yeah. It's interesting you were saying you weren't thinking about the green belt or the beauty, and I think that that could be uh, the argument that some people might have against the site that you've got there. That it is an, a, a beautiful area. Uh, it is a beautiful uh, and area. And it could be and we would perceived... have a
24: beautiful home there too. If we'd have been allowed to but stay it, there. It
8: could be perceived. But we were for our own benefit, yeah. not for other people. But well, also... exactly. I was, ah, you've made my point for me. I was saying it could be perceived as being a little bit selfish.
24: Well, do you not think people were selfish against us, if that's the case? Well, in what way? I mean, we are troubling people. I, mean, I was born in a horse-drawn wagon in Ireland. Yeah. I've been reared over here all my life.
8: In what way have people been selfish against you?
24: Well, I'm not blaming any of the residents in the houses. I don't no. mean that. They were all very nice people, but at the end of the day, they don't... Uh, we can't blame them for wanting us on their doorstep, which is not nice either. But oh, at the end of the day, we do need a home to live.
8: But you understand it can't just be anywhere that you want it to be, don't you?
24: Well, you can't give ground everywhere today, uh, you understand what I mean. You can't buy ground everywhere today, so when we got that chance, we took it.
8: What do you want to happen now, Eileen?
24: Well, I do need to be honed at the end of the day. I mean, the, cha- the-, the council... The- It doesn't seem to be doing any for us. We were assured with that place when when, when it was a junction put on it from the first that there would be a site made by the time that we would have had to get out there. But they're not even doing making sites, they're not doing anything for us.
8: You've got to be off that land by January, haven't you? Can you see that happening?
24: Well, I, 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 it's looking blue looking out, boss. It looks as though I do have to stay here because there doesn't seem to be anything happening at all. The people in the houses, like you said a while ago, are all trying to help us. They're all very nice people. The people are nothing against us, although they're against the, the ground, what we're living in at the back, what's, what's happening to us, which I can't blame them. But they have wrote letters. They've done everything for us, the people.
8: I've got a bit of the... Uh, well, Paul Scoynes is joining me in the studio. Paul Scoynes, Paul our political reporter. I believe you may have spoken to him the other day. Hi, Eileen. Yeah. Paul, you've got yeah. a statement from the council,
7: have you? Yeah, we spoke to the council, Eileen, and they said that there's a few options available to you um, with yeah. regards to perhaps finding somewhere else to live, whether that's on a legal site in Buckinghamshire or somewhere else, uh, yeah. or in a permanent housing accommodation. They say that they're going to do what they can to try and help to explore those options with you.
24: Oh, thank you very much.
7: Thank you. So I think either they'll be in touch or or perhaps if you get back in touch with the council, they're, they're, they certainly seem to want to help. And it does seem, you know, Ian, it's interesting. We've covered lots of stories about traveller sites mm. and 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 various things in, in on in our area and and you you know get the feeling that sometimes there 's a lot of um you know antagonistic sort of relationships between the travelers and the residents and I think you know as Eileen said, and as the residents have said, it does seem to be slightly different in this case, everyone seems to be getting on, but I think there 's a frustration on both sides about whether well certainly that that site should never have been there in the first place, but equally as Eileen said you know some of the councils are doing far more yeah. to find sites for um, for travellers than perhaps some of the others. And you have been getting on with the local residents haven't you? They, they've yeah, been very I helpful.
24: The lady at the end, Elena and all of them are very helpful you know, if I, if I can't read or write she wrote me letters and so, so a lot of the people along there That I only speak to Elena more like cause mm. she been gone up and down but like I said, when we went to the council, me and my sister the other day, my sister's husband died there in the caravan. She still has got the same caravan. And the, you know the mean? Caravans they're not made of bricks and mortar, and the time takes its toll. And my yeah. heater is broke, and my fridge is broke. When me and my sister went to the council the other day, they, they, they said, oh, will you choose to live like that? There's two ladies took us into a private room. And said, you choose so We did not choose to live like that. We well, just thought we wanted a home.
8: Let me play devil's advocate for a second, if you don't mind, Eileen. It's yes. an interesting point that you make there because there will be some people who say, you have chosen to live a traveller lifestyle. Yes,
24: yes. So
8: why should the council give you fridges and cookers and new caravans? Or, or, or why should oh, no, the council no, we accommodate didn't you?
24: New fridges or new cookers and okay. new caravans. But I'm you... only saying that we weren't allowed to even to change our caravans because the council said we couldn't. Right, so we like traveling. Entire life is not the way it's used to be anymore. You just can't pull in at the side of no. any road and camp there because you'll have to go straight away. A long time ago, when I was in when I was younger and I was little, we could just pull in anywhere and stay for weeks on end and just but, decide to leave our set. But it's
8: not like that anymore. But but wouldn't most people argue that that that's better that you can't just pull it, pull up anywhere and stay for weeks?
24: It just, uh, I, I suppose people would think it's better, you know what I mean? Because I'm trying to imagine
8: work. if I owned a field and then I woke up one morning and suddenly there were 30 traveller caravans there and they yeah. said, oh yeah, we're going to be here for a few weeks, I'd be pretty hacked off, wouldn't I?
24: Yeah, but you see, this day and age anyway, there is a lot of people settled down. They bought their own ground and they were allowed to stay on us. And that's the way they're doing it today, do you understand? People don't want to travel anymore every every day. Mm. Like,
8: the time has all changed. That's what I'm trying to explain, young man. Eileen, I appreciate your time this morning and best of luck. OK, young fella, thanks very much. Thank you very much indeed. Anyone that calls me a young fella or a young man
7: is um, OK by my books. It's, it's, it's a bit of a mess, isn't it, Paul? It is, and the fact that it's now gone on for nearly five years, and by the time that uh, the ultimate, you know, enforcement notice is going to be served, that's going to be practically nearly going on for six years, uh, I think, you know, there's a a serious amount of frustration. Uh, Just going to the site, I mean, it's really sort of, I can't sort of overstate it enough, really, The, the, the difference between the sort of countryside setting that you're in and then the sort of you know the brutality if you like of the sort of image of of these fences and the hardcore down it is it is quite different Mm. um i mean you know there are other areas in beds hearts and bucks where we've seen councils apply for um you know sites and the consultation process by which that's going through and that's very controversial we've covered it in central bedfordshire I have to say looking at the numbers of sites around the area, Buckinghamshire does seem to have far fewer than a lot of others. And I've always thought, you know, I've worked on these sorts of stories for a long time. It does seem to have proportionately quite a low number. But, you know, all councils are now having to make some really, you know, quick decisions yeah. about getting enough in.
8: Paul, thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. At the Clop Hill roundabout, the A6 northbound looking slow on the approach. And also on the speed sensors at the Kidneywood roundabout, both Airport Way and London Road very slow on the approaches to the M1. The M25 anti-clockwise, struggling now between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40 and still a little slow around Junction 20 for Kings Langley. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Thank you very much, Alice. I'm just getting Paul Scorings' autograph. Very exciting times here at BBC Three <laughs> Oh, he signed it, Steve. Thanks a lot for that. It's 7.17. It's Friday, the 21st of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Buckinghamshire, where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission, say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site, behind homes on Hemley Hill in Prince's Risborough, appeared in 2009. The man behind a scheme to encourage more Asian women to get involved in football says 100 women wearing hijabs attending tomorrow's Luton Town match is not a publicity stunt. And in sport, the world champion Red Bull Formula One team were given the freedom of Milton Keynes at a special council meeting last night.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. How about a bit of murder and
8: death, particularly local murder and death from the 19th century? I mean, one of the crimes in the book, I think there's a potential there for miscarriage of justice. Here until three o'clock this afternoon, more great music to come in the next two and a half hours. Every once in a while, I like a little bit of epic on this programme.
18: Nick Coffer. Today, I'm just outside of
8: Aylesbury at
18: Stoke Mandeville. I'm at Hula, which is an animal rescue centre in the paediatrics
8: ward of the LD hospital.
5: I'm in Stoke. St. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12, on BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: He gets around, Nick. He gets around. Now, Earlier on, we uh, heard from Butch Fazal from the National Asians in Football Forum. He's behind an initiative that's sending over 100 women in hijabs to Kenilworth Road tomorrow to watch Luton Town take on Chester. Let's get your thoughts on this. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Well, we sent our Luton Town correspondent Justin Dealey. Man, he don't shut up when it comes to that football team. We sent him out and about uh, to find out what fans thought. There's no problem about
19: that whatsoever. Nothing. It's great for
2: football I think it's a good idea whether it will work I don't know
20: I think people might take the mech to be honest Because you don't really see people like that going to a football match, like on TV.
19: Yeah, yeah. I think it is a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hopefully, hopefully they'll go down there and they'll enjoy it and they'll see a different. The the culture of football is completely different. Do you know what I mean? There is, there's always a mindset that is quite very intimidating. Mm. The chanting and that goes on at football matches. But if if you know if they can overcome that.
8: Well, we spoke to Butch uh, Fazal earlier on. He says it's a very exciting step. This could
21: be the start of something fantastic, and I hope that um, everybody gets on board. And, and I hope that everyone gets behind it. And, and the little bit of Mickey taking, well, you know, there's mis, misconceptions on both sides, really. You know, you ask the South Asian community what it's like to be in a, in a football stadium, but the majority of them don't know. But all they know is what they've heard in the
8: past. Well, joining me now is writer, journalist and feminist activist, Swati Basu. Good morning, Swati. Morning. How do you feel about this? 100 women in, uh, in hijabs being kind of plonked at one end of uh, Luton Town Football Club.
25: Um, Well, I understand sort of the sentiment behind it, but I do think it's a little patronising to sort of have to go into certain specific communities to somehow bring something new to them when they may have chosen themselves not to go to a football in the first place. Two
8: things there. You say you understand the the, the reasoning behind it. Could you try and explain it to me? Because I'm struggling a little bit.
25: Well, I think there is obviously a dearth of women in sort of sport in general and Mm. also in terms of supporting um, a local football team. So I do understand that, you know, the sentiment that they're trying to sort of reach out to sort of other communities. But I think there's a misconception to think that just because uh, they don't go to football matches that they're not necessarily supporting them.
8: And it, it, you mentioned there a, a, a dearth of women. This is specifically um, 100 Muslim women, isn't it? Is, is that exactly? Is that too specific? Do you think should it just yes. be? We've got 100 women coming along.
25: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like there is a dearth of women, as I was saying. And um, you know, we've seen recent polls that even after the Olympics, there's you know been hardly any coverage of you know women in sports. So I think it's really bizarre to, spe- you know, to target such a specific community who clearly will stand out for a photo opportunity once they're there.
8: Well, this is this is it. But Butch said it wasn't a photo opportunity. I, I, I would I think it's naive to think that photos won't be taken. What strikes me as odd, Suswati, is that, um, I, as far as I know, they're all going to be sat together in, in one stand. And so that, that's kind of more segregation, isn't it?
25: Yeah, absolutely. It will look quite visible to see 100 women in hijabs in a stadium. You know, exactly. There's a chance that, you know, they're going to have the the mickey taken out of them, unfortunately. So um, instead of sort of, you know, sort of integrating them within the whole football community, which is what they should be doing, they're actually targeting, targeting them even more by segregating
8: them. You mentioned that the potential for bullying. The only football match I've ever been to in my life, and boy, what a hellish experience it was, was Luton Town versus Millwall, uh, where Luton Town um, uh, mocks the Millwall supporters for living in caravans, uh, and then the Millwall supporters started chanting back, where's your Taliban? Oh dear. Yeah, I know. It was, I was sat there thinking, I'm actually, I'm actually listening to this with my own ears. It was awful. Are you worried that something like that might happen here that these these women who are completely innocent of everything apart from the fact they've they're, is part of this campaign, whatever it is, that they might suffer some form of racial abuse.
25: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, it's quite obvious, even when you get outside of London, that, you know, when you go to a football match, you know, there is sort of a makeup that's quite different to, say, what we see, uh, you know, on the streets of London, quite multicultural and whatnot. Um, Having been to many matches myself, even at Old Trafford, I've seen how, you know, how, you know, very small the the community of non-white uh, people go to mm. see these matches and so yeah there is a chance that it will just only sort of exacerbate the situation um, yeah, and give them the opportunity to uh, sort of name call and whatnot.
8: Why do you think these women, and I, I guess because it involves 100 um, women wearing hijabs, I have to speak specifically about them in this. Why do you think they're not going to football matches anyway? Is it because they're afraid to? Is it because they don't want to? Is it because they don't like football?
25: Well, I think it's a bit of a mixture to be honest. Um, you know, there is okay, there is a sort of cultural difference, but you know, having been brought up in a community where I have seen lots of, you know, hijabi playing football women, it's it's really sort of unfortunate that they've made sort of they've just taken this sort of stereotypes, so to speak. Um there is, so in this case, um, it seems like they're reinforcing this stereotype that, you know, basically Muslim women are not interested in football when there are plenty of women who are.
8: There must be a way of doing this, Suswati, without making 100 women feel like plums.
25: (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, I think giving them the opportunity, meaning just, just leaving it there with them rather than forcing 100 women into a stadium you know, they'll, they'll make that um, choice for themselves rather than, you know, just waiting for someone to take them there. Mm. It's, it's a little bit condescending, to be honest.
8: So, Swati, I appreciate your thoughts on this this morning. Thank you. Journalist, writer, feminist activist, Swati Basu. Over to you. 08459 four double five five double five. The idea, as far as I can tell, comes from a good place. It comes from a good heart. It comes from wanting to integrate people, as far as I can tell. It just seems to me a little ham-fisted, a little bit, it just feels like it's it's not quite been thought through. And I think when we spoke to Butch earlier on and he said it wasn't a photo opportunity, oh sir, au contraire, I think 100 hijabi women, hijabi wearing women in a a football stadium, that's a great photo opportunity and you know it. But what is it trying to achieve? Integration, racial integration, female and male integration? I don't... It seems a little muddy and a little bit confusing and I can't quite work out... I can't quite work out how it sits me. If they want to go, then go. Fine. What do you reckon? 08459 four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to have your say on that. Uh, you can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Now is an excellent time as well to tell you, dear listener, there'll be a new podcast coming out later on today. Yeah, that's right. We're all jumping on the tables with delight and punching the air. And we, if we were cowboys, we'd be tossing our hats up in the air and then shooting them with guns. Toss, bang, bang, bang. That's what we'd be doing. Uh, Now, uh, But the podcast comes out every week, and I've got to say, we've had something like almost 150,000 downloads of the podcast since we started doing it last year. Almost 150,000 downloads. That's crazy. For a local radio station, I've got a feeling we may be one of the only podcasts from a local BBC radio station. There aren't many. We've certainly got the most downloads, so thanks for that. But almost 150,000 downloads... It's brilliant, so thank you. You can get it two ways. You can go to the BBC Three Counties website uh, and get it... there. You can get it three ways, actually. I'm going to spoil you. Yeah, there's a third way. You can go to iTunes and type in Ian Lee, iainl at bbc.co.uk. And then the sneaky thing I do is I then put it on the the BBC Three Counties Facebook page. And what I do is you can press a button so that it, it, it highlights it, so you pin it to the top so it stays to the top. So when they're doing, like like Treasure Quest or something like that, the weekend, their posts go below the podcast oh, post. Sneaky. And then then one of the young kids, like Ollie or something, will go, hey, you're sick, what's going on here? Are oh, you cheeky old so-and-so? And then he'll, he'll undo that. But So it's for a little while. It's at the top of the Facebook page. Wow. Thanks very much. Oh, well. It's like hacking the uh, Pentagon, kind of. Kind uh, of. Really. No one hacks the Pentagon anymore. There was that uh, fella from North London, Gary um, McKinnon. Was it Gary McKinnon? How mm-hmm. did I... Don't know, was it? You're yeah. saying it as though... It's, yeah, it was. Was it? Was it? Yes. Well, Mum's local. Yeah, I know. And very vocal. We know, we've spoken to her. Since Gary McKinnon, every... hackers have bottled it.
16: Or maybe they just don't tell us about them anymore. I think they spoil it for themselves by making all those films in the 80s showing how they've done it.
8: Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I blame Matthew Broderick yeah. for that. Pesky. Uh, pesky Matthew Broderick. Oh, wait. Is he still married to the woman who looks yeah. like a horse?
16: Whoa. N- Sarah Jessica.
8: Yeah, that's yes the fella. Yes, is. She's got a horse face, as has Celine Dion. There's nothing wrong with it. It's like um, the, the posh woman from Location Location... Location um, is porcine. No, it does. She's got, uh, and I don't, it's not an insult, it's a descriptive term.
17: Uh, some people do look like animals. Yeah. It's just the way of the world.
8: Some people look like hamsters.
17: I know a cow.
8: Can you phone up and tell us someone who look, someone who looks like an animal? Oh eight four five nine four, four double five five, five double five. F- five. I'm doing that bit. Yeah, but
17: I, I'm enjoying the phone in, so I'm going to. It's a good it. phone in, it's isn't a really it? Really good one. It, uh, uh, yeah. I think I look a bit like a a baby lion. You do a bit.
8: You do now. You mention it. Yeah, we call them cubs, lion cubs. Cubs. Yeah. Uh, maybe she's got lion
16: the main cub. thing going on, so maybe she's a juvenile lion. Yeah.
8: Mm. Like yeah, could be. I think. What would, still- would you
16: be? You'd be a. Are you, I tell you what, you look like. Yeah. One of them. Meerkats. Yeah. Yeah. What's Cass? Let's yeah.
8: have a look. Uh, a Labrador. <laughs> you look like. <laughs> That's for you, Trucker Chris. All right. Travel news for beds, hards,
12: and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. At the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 southbound looking slow now and also in Chesant on the speed sensors, the A10 southbound heavy at the roundabout at the Winston Churchill Way. In Kings Langley, the A41 heavy going as you head towards the M25 and then on the M25 itself anti-clockwise very slow between junctions 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
12: Across beds, hearts and bugs.
5: This is BBC Three Counties
14: Radio.
0: It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Residents in Buckinghamshire where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site behind homes on Hemley Hill in Princess Risborough first appeared in 2009. The man behind a scheme to encourage more Asian women to get involved in football says 100 women wearing hijabs attending tomorrow's Luton Town match is not a publicity stunt and ships and planes have resumed their search for debris that may have come from the missing Malaysian airliner. Three Counties Sports.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Tottenham are out of the Europa League after a two-all draw. Away to Benfica in Portugal saw them go out 5-3 on aggregate. This morning, Manchester United and Chelsea are in the draw for the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They're joined by Spanish trio Real Madrid, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid. German sides Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund and the French team Paris Saint-Germain. In tomorrow's matches, there's a Hearts derby as Stevenage host MK Dons. Stevenage without injured skipper John Ashton, whilst the Dons have Stephen Gleeson suspended, but the visitors' Could include on loan Swansea forward James Loveridge. Ahead of their championship match at Playoff Hopefuls Wigan, the Watford manager Beppe Cennino has been contrasting their home and away form. At Vicarage Road, Watford have won their last six and haven't conceded in over 10 hours. But away from home, the Hornets have gone 13 games without a win.
18: This difference between the home form and the away form. When we play at home, we are. Uh,
8: we play always uh, 20, 30 metres more higher. Mm. When we play away, we drop a little bit, and I think that there is also a fair question.
0: In League Two, Wickham are waiting on the fitness of strikers Matt McClure and Stephen Craig ahead of the home game with leaders Rochdale and conference leaders Luton look set to be without the influential Luke Guttridge for the rest of the season as they prepare to welcome Chester to Kenilworth Road. Red Bull have formally appealed Daniel Ricciardo's disqualification from Sunday's season-opening Australian Grand Prix. Ricciardo finished second but was penalised for a breach of fuel consumption rules. Speaking last night in Milton Keynes to Mark being given the freedom of the borough, team boss Christian Horner said despite the disappointment start, world champion Sebastian Vettel remains upbeat.
4: Yeah, he's got a great deal of faith in the and trust in the team as we have in him and um, of course we've got a few issues to sort out on the uh,
0: on the powertrain front at the moment but um, we're going in the right direction. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at 8. Text 81333
5: Start your message with 3CR.
12: Text will be charged
8: at the standard network rate.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio
8: Morning! Lots to talk about this morning, including we're talking about travellers, uh, we're talking about 100 hijab-wearing women going to uh, a football match. It's being done to kind of promote integration, and uh, but they're all going to be sat together in a separate stand, which, which is kind of more segregation, isn't it? The idea, I think, comes from a nice place, but it feels like it's perhaps a little bit um, heavy-handed. Oh eight four five nine 555 On that, let's talk to Steve Luton. Morning, Steve.
20: Hello.
8: Hello, Steve. Yeah, you all right? I'm all right. Steve, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm
20: good myself. Yeah? Um, what I was just calling today is about the, um, the job thing. Oh, yeah, Steve. Me, myself, I'm a principal of Barnfield West Academy. Right. Like, acting. And what it is, is, um, I myself is also a PE teacher.
8: You're a PE teacher? Yes. Yeah. How, how, really? Yeah. So how long did you study to, well how, funny because I do you not, know, I very nearly came with a PE teacher, but you have to study for a long time, don't you? Oh, uh, I
20: don't even want to talk about
8: it. No, I bet you don't, but we're going to. How long did you study for?
20: Ten years.
8: Ten years to be a PE teacher. And in those ten years, Steve, what kind of stuff did they, uh, did they teach you? Well, they taught
20: you about, um, a lot of,
8: obviously, physical education, but also. Yeah, but oh, yeah, PE, that's uh, what it stands yeah. for.
20: But what it is, you also have to, um, what do you call it? You have to have two subjects to be a natural teacher.
8: Okay, so what were your other two subjects?
20: Mine was
8: PE. Yeah, physical education. And then it was also PSHE. PSHE. What, what on earth is that?
20: It's, haven't you heard, like, health and social?
8: So, so no, PSHE, no, I've not heard that. So you, had, you studied that for ten years. Yeah. That is insane. Yeah, that's insane. And also that one of the big things that, that when I was looking at being a PE teacher is um, the uh Fort of physics about sportington's, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of the forte physics about sportington's and that's kind of what put me off.
20: Well, if but, you, but have you managed to... to do things, Yeah. You know. You... How did
8: you do in the forte physics about sportington's? Sorry? How, what grade did you get in the forte physics about sportington's?
20: Well, wow, I've got one of the highest grades. Really? Yeah.
8: That is nuts, because that's what totally put me off. Yeah,
20: and I uh, studied and studied
8: and it all pays off in the end. Yeah. Did you do muscly studies? Sorry? Did you do muscly studies? Yeah. Yeah. What about pumping? No. You didn't do pumping. I think pumping was optional, where I was. Okay. So, Steve, you studied all of this for ten years and now you're a PE teacher, are you? Yeah. Yep. What What age did you start studying, Steve? Eighteen. Eighteen. So, and how old are you now?
20: Thirty-five.
8: You, how old, sorry?
20: Thirty-five.
8: Thirty-five. Yep. Blimey, blimey. And they've not dropped yet. No. No, they've not dropped. Wowsers. Okay. So carry on, Steve. What's your point?
20: Right. Well, what it is me being a PE teacher is that. Um, how
8: old are the kids you teach, Steve?
20: Sorry.
8: How old are the young people that you teach?
20: they all different ages, aren't
8: they? Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. Are they? Oh,
20: yeah. It's from high school, it starts from about 11 or 12, and it goes up to, you know, year 11. Do
8: you not find, Steve, that um, uh, people mock you for sounding like a 12-year-old girl? What do you mean? Well, do you not think that some of, the, do some of the people, because I remember being at school and and kids can be right little so and so's, can't they? And do they not take the Mickey out of you for for sounding like a twelve year old girl?
9: No.
8: They don't. No.
20: Okay.
8: What do they call you?
20: Sorry.
8: What? What do they call you, Steve? Well,
20: definitely
8: not my first name. No. <laughs> no. I hate teachers that do that. Yep. There's a
20: white right, um. I'll get at my school. Her name's Mrs. Williams, and she
8: lets them call her by her first name. No, we don't. We don't um, I don't approve of that, Steve. Exactly.
20: What, she are you, teaching, you teaching,
8: teaching today, mate? Sorry? Oh, Are you teaching today? No, nah, it's my day off. You got your day off? Yeah. Yeah, because Fridays, Fridays are, is a lot of sports teachers have days off, don't they? Yeah, it's off.
20: actually
8: Sport Relief Day. Sport Relief. Ah, so that means you get to um, be relieved and stay at home. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Oh, baby. Because oh, I would have thought I would have thought they would have got sports teachers in on Sport Relief Day to make a big thing about it. But no, they let sports teachers have the day off. The day off. Yeah. Well, because what it is, I had a couple of holidays um, for, you know, a
20: couple of days. Yeah. I haven't taken
8: yet. Yeah, because teachers don't take days off in the week, don't they? Right. Who's covering for you?
20: Oh, from, I don't know,
8: because sometimes you just get them um, from an agency. Yeah, 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 it's a PE teachers' agency, yeah, of course, yeah, they do that. And then, yeah, and then you just get them in. So were you teaching yesterday?
20: Yeah.
8: What did you teach? We are
20: teaching
8: Amble. Amble?
20: Yeah. Amble? Yeah. Amble? Yeah. Amble? You know what that is?
8: Amble? You know what it is? Amble? Handball. Oh, handball. I think it's an amble. (laughs) (laughs) No, Steve, I don't. What's amble? Hold on a minute. Steve? Steve? Yeah,
20: sorry. What amble
8: is... What happened there, Steve? Where'd you go? Sorry? What happened there? I had to just go and get
20: something.
8: What did you get? Sorry?
20: What did you get? Apple. Healthy
8: breakfast. Go on, have a chomp on an apple. Go on.
20: Sorry?
8: I'll just say everything twice, shall I? Go and have a go and have a, ch- a chomp on an apple. All
20: right,
8: hold on. Look, he's gone again. Where's he gone? This is the most nuts and worst prank call I've ever had in my life. Steve? I ain't a prank caller. I didn't say you were a prank caller. I heard, yeah. Oh, cheeky. I didn't hear you eat an apple. Sorry? I don't think you've got an apple. I have. Go on, eat it now. I don't
20: like apples. Sorry? I don't like apples. Don't you no, like yeah, Here it is, here it is.
8: He's got an apple, Steve. Well, Steve, thanks so much for your call.
20: Yeah, but that's what
8: I wanted to say. Let's go to Dennis in Dunstable. Morning, Dennis. Good morning. What on earth was going on there? I haven't the slightest idea. Who I mean, was that young girl phoning up, pretending to be a, the 35-year-old PE teacher called Steve?
1: Yes, well, I didn't want to speak to you in the first place. Just tell Kelly, when I say don't get me in
8: touch, please
1: don't ring me back.
8: Okay. But I said... Th- well, should we... Should we... Could, we We? We can... Yes, 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 yes. We can end it now. Right, just... But, but no, we, no, we can end I it now. If you don't to, want to talk to me, Dennis... I want to tell you something very nice. I'm oh, Virginia. but hang on a second. You just said you didn't want to talk. He no, says he I doesn't didn't. want to talk, I, Kelly, and yet he's talking. No,
1: no, no, don't get me wrong. I said to... just I rang in to say, you're yeah. not your usual daft self on a Friday morning, which i look forward
8: to. Well, no, no, listen. Ha- whoa, whoa! I, I wanted to say... Denise, Denise. You're doing too... Denise, Denise. Listen, Denise. the other day you phoned up and said that I was being too much uh, of a Muppet. So I took that on board. Yes. I had a little discussion with Catherine Boyle. Yeah. Over the texting turn. and I
16: agreed he was a muppet. And
8: I, well, a, hey, and I have decided I've toned it down a little bit for you. I've toned it down for you, and now you're saying you don't like the tone down me. No, oh, I'm just
1: saying you were brilliant this morning for once. Oh, I agreed with it totally. Oh, I'm not taking the Mickey. Okay, where you go? So there, I just said I, you were too good. I love it when you I can take the mickey, but not this morning.
8: What are you... T- I have no idea what you're talking about,
1: No, Denis. it's been very nice of it been sensible. You were sensible, like a lady, the traveller. You were sensible about all sorts of things. For once, I agreed with you.
8: I took, I took your, your criticism on board the other day. I am pleased, um, No, I did. I genuinely did. I Dennis, have you, you, is, Dennis, have you got an apple there? No, I haven't. Oh, I'd love to hear you chomping on an apple. Well, I'll, I'll bite the table if you like. Oh, yeah, go on then. Bite a table. Or a pillow. I've bitten a chunk out of it. Good lad, well done, you see? Yeah, now uh, no, no, yes.
1: just before you go too far, right? Yes. Animals, right? Yes. So, like, an, uh, somewhere in your place, it was a photograph taken of me by your the radio control man, where I look like a startled rabbit.
8: The radio control man? Who's that? I don't know, I can't figure out. Oh, the fella that came and saw you? Yeah, I don't know his name. Our roving reporter? Yes, right, yes. You don't know his name? No, I've forgotten, totally forgotten.
16: He's forgotten Deals on Wheels?
8: Yes.
1: Hey, right. dog. It's. it's uh, Jay Dizzle. Short uh, term memory. I've only just loss. remembered your
8: name, thank, Actually, Thank you. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yes.
8: Startle Rabbit. But
17: how's it short term memory?
8: Because he saw you ages ago. He's got short term memory loss? Yeah. Yeah. I'm being told I look like an eye eye. An eye eye. But I'm tra- right. I can't Google oh, eye they're eye.
16: Not, they're not very attractive, I wouldn't. They've got one long, very long finger.
8: So have I oh oh actually
16: I see the resemblance.
8: I can't get my blooming computer to to Google II. Hang on, do you know what an II looks like, Dennis? No, but if you want a finger, I've got one. I can shan- send you. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> what an unpleasant twist that phone call took. Very strange. Fifteen minutes to the show. Let me Google uh, an II. Scott Bowls says I look like an II. <laughs> oh, <I> d- <laughs> he's not far off. I do look like an II. I could. I can. Yeah, I can go with that. Yeah.
16: How
8: do you
17: spell
8: that? A-Y-E-A-Y-E. I-I? I-I? Oh, I-I. you do! I do a little bit.
16: Ugh. Do you know that the people that live in that area think that they're the souls of the dead? And they're frightened of them.
8: Well, those people are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> they are, aren't they? B- 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 souls of the dead, for goodness sakes.
16: Have you seen the finger, though?
8: Um, no. No.
16: Google I-I's finger.
17: Oh,
8: for goodness sakes, these computers are too slow. I'll do it. Well, I won't be able to see it.
17: I'll show you. Oh, wow. Yeah,
8: there you go. Gervais used to say, I look- oh, God, look at the size of their fingers. The fingers are nuts! Go and Google I.I. I finger. Oh, my gosh, what is that?
17: That's your homework, kids.
8: Oh, my God, it's like a human hand, but like a deformed human hand. Gervais used to say I look like a cross between a Muppet baby and Hugh Laurie, which I always found was a little bit... I thought that was a
16: little bit... Oh, huh? that's bang on. Oh, I don't... <laughs> oh. oh, he gets it once again.
8: Thank you very much indeed. And I.I.'s finger. There's, it, the Beds, Hearts and Bucks, BBC introducing. I'm hoping that next week we play a track by I.I. finger and Bum-Bum Pandora... Bum-Bum <laughs> Fandango, that was it, wasn't it? 08459 oh, double five five double five. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hitchin, the A505 heading towards the centre of town is slow going from Wibbly Wobbly Lane. And also, the A5 on the speed sensors both directions struggling around Dunstable. At the Kidneywood roundabout, both the Airport Way and the London Road looking very slow on the approaches to join the M1, and the M25 anti clockwise, very slow between junctions 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport's looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
8: you very much, Alice. We're all um, we're all tr- trying to work out what Steve's call genuine or not. We, we we may never know. Steve, if you're listening, we'll maybe we'll speak to you next week. Seven forty-five Friday, the twenty-first of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Buckinghamshire where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site behind homes on Hemley Hill in Prince's Risborough appeared in 2009. The man behind a scheme to encourage more Asian women to get involved in football says 100 women wearing hijabs attending tomorrow's Luton Town match is not a publicity stunt. And in sport, the world champion Red Bull Formula One team were given the freedom of Milton Keynes at a special council meeting last night. 08459 four double five five double five is the phone number. Let's get the weather now. Here's Georgina.
22: Beds, hearts, and bucks weather.
8: BBC
12: Three Counties Radio.
22: Hello there, a bit of a chilly day today. Plenty of uh, sunny spells around, but we'll have some blustery showers later on. And uh, they could have some wintryness mixed in, so we may even just see the odd snowflake. We've got uh, fresh southwesterly winds today, so feeling very chilly indeed. Temperatures reaching 11 or 12. Now, tonight, we'll have some clear spells, but we hold on to those showers, so probably some more wintryness through the night. Um, Perhaps even a frost in more rural parts away from the towns, with temperatures down to 2 or 3 degrees. And tomorrow, another cold day with a brisk breeze quite similar to today so sunshine and showers but we'll see those showers earlier in the day now obviously showers that the nature of them is that we don't all see them they pop up here and there but they'll be lurking there in the background and uh, probably some more winteriness uh, particularly on higher ground tomorrow with temperatures reaching 11 degrees celsius sunday or saturday night into sunday as uh, the frost could be fairly severe so do cover up your daffodils um sunday a very similar day so sunshine and showers and then on monday we've got a ridge of high pressure so it'll be short-lived but the day is going to be like one of those wintry and um, sunny, so quite pleasant, but cold days. And then Tuesday, we could either have rain or it might just be cloud by the time it gets to us from the west, and then it becomes milder towards the end of the week. That's the latest forecast. <laughs>
5: BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I like Behind the Church, where you can walk round through the back of the church, right round over the broad walk there. Inviting everyone to where you live.
18: We've been here as a family business for 40 years,
5: selling to the high street. And all this week, we're featuring Newport Pagnell.
25: There are lots of... ...places you can see the sense of community. For instance, the Methodist
3: Church just up here has a coffee morning.
5: If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Come and enjoy the hospitality. There's always a smiling face. The Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. Featuring Newport Padmore. BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Later on, Justin Dealey will be at the home of the Big Tour, and I'm looking forward to that immensely. Uh, Phil has texted in, I don't think Steve was a PE teacher. The way he kept saying me, myself, they were clearly a member of De La Soul. Math says, Ian, unrestricted seating in the... uh, Oh, this is about the the 100 hijab-wearing women going to the Luton Town. Unrestricted seating in the Oak Road so they do not have to sit together if they do not want to, and it is strength in numbers, perhaps. Fair play to them, so let's embrace them. Well, I don't think we're allowed to. If Andre Gray bangs in a cracker of a goal and the lady, lady sitting next to me wants to jump up and hug me to celebrate, she'd get the same passion as anyone else. And Suzanne says, it Seems the only advantage of these women attending the Luton football match is that gate receipts will be up. Well, there you go. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. if you want to have your sound that Let's have a look at the front pages of what I like to call the newspapers, shall we? Oh, dear. The front page of the, um... Am I allowed to... Could I need to ask a production question, Catherine. Front page of the... Uh, there's a Budget 2014 pull-out from The Guardian special. Okay? Oh, good. Am I allowed to use um, two words? Gimp mask.
16: Um, uh, I wouldn't.
8: OK. Well, there's a gentleman, there's a cartoon of a gentleman wearing um, a mask that could be used for... A
16: Mexican wrestler.
8: With, with zips all over it. Uh, He's got a bedroom know, mask on. They do
16: have quite elaborate uh, costumes.
8: You, you, wouldn't be allowed, you wouldn't be allowed a zip in wrestling, health and safety. Oh. It, it's, it's not um, Bloomin' the wrestler where they're allowed to. No. It yeah, would anyway,
16: grace someone quite badly with that.
8: There's a gentleman wearing um, um, uh, a bedroom mask. Um, I don't quite know what that's got to Why? do. Why? I don't know. I'm not going to read a, a pull out special about the Bloomin' budget.
16: Is it a wall chart? Is it one of
8: those? There's no wall chart. uh, Wow, look at Roman Abramovich's beautiful girlfriend. Yeah. The Russian, this is the Daily Telegraph, the Russian businessman Roman Abramovich has a home in London with Dasha Zukova. I'd love to go out with a girl called Dasha Zukova. This is my girlfriend, Dasha Zukova. A critic of Vladimir Putin says the Chelsea's owners' assets should be frozen and property seized as part of the Crimea sanctions. Now, they're talking about sanctions, they're talking about uh, freezing assets and stopping travel. Hmm, are they going to stop Roman Abramovich's assets? Are they? Are they? No, of course they're not going to. And also, you watch, David Cameron's talking tough about Russia. He won't do that much. He'll wave his hands around a little bit. And, uh, but we, we can't do that much because we get all our oil from them, or gas, one of the two. Either way, if we, if we upset Russia, we're screwed.
16: But we can stand behind America.
8: She's Actually, she's quite a funny shape. Is she pregnant? Two million more pay 40 pence tax under coalition. Um, Grant Shapp's in a fix, 66. That's, uh, that's Matt. You smiled at a Matt.
16: Well, you he smiled smile at, at Matt. a Matt. He just, he just gets it on the nose every time, doesn't he? He
8: says what we're all thinking, but he in does. a cartoon form. He does. Uh, Abramovich should face sanctions, says Putin critic. Um, cut down the salt. of oh, the Times, uh, Scarlett Johansson, uh, ocean debris suggests missing jet was. Whistle- now I've seen the photographs of this ocean debris. I couldn't see nothing. I saw two white shapes. But it looked like waves. And also, get get, get this right, OK. It's a four-hour flight from Australia. They can only have two hours there at at, at a time because of the the, the fuel if they're flying out there. Uh, The waves go up to 10 metres high. They're white peaks, so it's going to be difficult to spot anything (coughs) that's white. Um, And uh, it's four kilometres deep there. They ain't never going to find that. If that plane is there, they're going to find a seat possibly and that's it.
16: It's been 12 days as well.
8: It's not been hijacked, has it? As, as much as we'd like to think those people are, are, are on a mysterious island somewhere or, or even being held in a Pakistani village somewhere, they're not. Those people are never coming back, but unfortunately.
16: The latest theory I saw in the newspaper was that they'd had some sort of uh, pressure failure and everyone had passed out, so they'd gone off course that
8: way. What about... I thought the, um, the, do, the co-pilot dude was giving um, coded messages. They are, you, if you listen carefully, you can hear the sound of straws being clutched at. I don't even think the Malaysian government know what's going on. For a while, I thought they were in on it. I don't think... We talked about the conspiracy theories the other day. Actually, I, don't, I, I just think that something really weird has happened. The plane went crazy. well of course. They're all dead. I hate to say it, but they're all dead. They're not going to come horrible, back. Horrible, isn't it? I mean, it would, yes, it would be great if um, one of those people was found walking naked through, through a random city with their, no memory whatsoever. And that's kind of what I think people are sort of hoping will happen, that something mysterious and lost-esque is going to happen. It's not...
16: Is that what happened at the end of Lost?
8: It might as well have been. The end was rubbish. What, six years of my life I wasted on those? I th- only gave I, it two series. I say wasted. I got paid to go to Hawaii a couple of times, so I, it wasn't completely wasted. But, I mean, seriously, guys, come on. Joyce is in Leegrave. Morning, Joyce.
13: Good morning. Lovely morning.
8: Merry morning. What would you like to say, my dear?
13: Well, why
5: can't they get a psychic to look where that plane is? You know, the old fashioned way.
8: Sorry, the the old-fashioned way.
5: Yeah, you know, you get these psychics saying, there is this or whatever. Anyway, I did ring up to say, I had to come to the phone this morning because you, I think, should say to us all, now we're going to have a few seconds of relaxation. Oh. Because you sounded like you went... "Mm -hmm." On the radio.
8: When did I do that?
5: Now, before before, uh, before I rang in. OK. You went... Mm.
8: Do you want a few minutes of relaxation, then?
5: I think everybody could. Okay. We could all do it together and smile, couldn't we?
8: OK, let's have a few minutes of relaxation. you going to join me, Joyce? I am. you going to join me, team? Yeah. Okay. yeah do
16: some music, or are we just going to do, do it? We'll just
8: do Acapulco. OK. So oh. take your top off. Whoa. <laughs> Is that what it means? Right, you ready, Joyce? Yes. Oh... Um. I've got a brilliant idea. Sorry to interrupt that. The, Excellent. Me- the meditation has given me an idea. Oh, good. You talked about psychics. Yes. Phone up Geller. Oh yes. Phone yes. up Geller now. <laughs> let's get Geller on. Bye
17: bye. Well, he should just thank you, Joyce. In. If he's psychic, he'll know we want him on. So let's get give call. Let's get Geller, Geller on. Call oh eight four five nine four double five.
8: Don't even give him the number. He knows it. He's psychic. He's psychic. Because Geller was, being, was, was banging on about this, wasn't he, the other he day? He said he's
16: been called by the authorities. Yeah. He's probably in Malaysia now.
8: Yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah. But do you know what, Geller? This is true. He used to make millions of dollars in the 70s because oil companies would hire him to, um, like, divine for, for oil. To
16: douse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he could only douse for water.
8: Uh, no, he, he, he can douse for oil. And he would do it with maps, and sometimes he'd do it in helicopters, and he'd go, You have to uh, drill down there. There will be lots of oil. And there would be. Sometimes, sometimes they wouldn't.
16: Told you about what he did to Luke Ashmead's wife. Sorry? He made her go into labour. Oh, he made her have a baby. Wow. Well, I think Luke made that happen, but yes. she, was, um, she was going over her time, yeah. and so uh, we rang Yuri Geller, yeah. and he got the whole of Milton Keynes wow. to say, give birth!
8: Yeah. that And would, about that six would days me later, me she labor. did. Wow, six yeah, days later, it's almost... Yeah. A, a, was
16: she pregnant? Yep.
17: Because if she wasn't, that's, that's a better story.
8: Mm. You're not diving to dial up Geller's number, I can see.
17: Well, I'm waiting for him to bring us. He's psychic.
8: The front page of the Daily Mail. Stampede to escape raw deals on pensions. Uh, and how the other Stones called Lorraine Yoko. Hey, nice one, guys. You know that woman who killed herself because she was really depressed? Let's start attacking her now, shall we? Two disgusting stories. Is that Geller phoning up? No. Oh. Two disgusting stories in the Mail today about Lorraine Scott, who killed herself. Shame on you, Daily Mail. You really, This week, you really have scraped the bottom of the barrel... There's a story in the mail about how we don't know, we only know who Lorenz Scott is because she was going out with Mick Jagger. Yeah, I only know who she is because you put a picture of Mick Jagger on the front page of your newspaper moments after he found out this woman had died. So don't you start then having to go. Oh, the mail's got me angry. Daily Express, missing jet, the final moments. And Maddie, police inundated with new clues after TV appeal. And The Sun really... Sorry, I'm sniffing. I've got a bit of a cold. The Sun really... Um, forget Frost Nixon. It's Corden versus Cameron. So James... Is that his name? David Corman. No, James Corden is um, guest editing The uh, Sun today. Wowzers. Well, I mean, it does make you think, doesn't it? 08459 four double five five double five. Um... And in St Albans. Oh, this is about the football match. The 100 uh, women wearing hijabs are going to a Luton Town football match this weekend. Sorry, I think this is a gimmick, which I fear could go horribly wrong. There will be banter, some innocent, but some aimed at making them feel bad. How will they cope? And importantly, how will the families, husbands, sons, etc., react to any any negativity? I shudder to think, as there is already unrest in some areas... To me, it feels as though they are being led into a situation which could set community relations back, not forward, as is hoped. Well, will there be banter? And by banter, I'm assuming you mean racist banter. Will there be? I mean, there was the only football match I went to. It was coming from Millwall, directed at Luton Town, Where's Your Taliban, was the chant. But is it a bit patronising to say, some aimed at them making them feel bad? I don't know. I don't know if it will affect them or if there will hundred women defiantly going. I don't give a monkey's, mate. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Andy Ian Luton says Ian Luton Town Football Club is a football club, not a political party. Stay away from our club. Well, uh, yeah. I, do you know what? I, I, I can't quite get my head around this one. I can't. And it's not because I don't like football. It's because I'm I'm not a massive whiner, fan of um, big kind of gestures like this. I can't work out if this is a great idea that um, w- will be very, very helpful to the community or if it's just a ridiculous publicity stunt that's going to do more harm than good. I need your help dear listener, to get my head around this. 100 women wearing hijabs are going to go to Luton Town Football Club this weekend. Is that the most ridiculous patronising idea ever that could end in trouble? Or is it quite a nice thing that's going to encourage women, encourage Asians to go to football and encourage integration? See, it can't encourage integration because the 100 women are sitting separately from the other fans. They're sitting in the, the away stand. Oh, 08 459 five, 555. Four, double, five, double, five.
12: Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bedford, the Bromham Road looking slow, heading towards the centre of town from Biddenham. And also in Hitchin, the A505 and also the A605, both looking slow, heading towards the centre of town. At the Kidneywood Roundabout, the London Road is really struggling on the approach to the M1 and the M25 anti-clockwise, very slow going between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Thank you, Alice. If you want to take part in the show, now's an excellent time to call. Two of the lines are free, 08459 555. We'll talk more after the latest news and sport with Simon Oxley.
5: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
8: This
12: is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: It's eight o'clock. The headlines: Illegal Buckinghamshire traveller's site still there five years on. Plan to get Asian women to football not a publicity stunt. And gallantry medal for St Albans soldier. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Buckinghamshire where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site behind homes on Hemley Hill in Princess Risborough appeared in 2009, but has subsequently been refused permission by the High Court and the government. Another application has now been turned down. Traveller Eileen Cash says she understands the residents' concern. The people in
24: the houses, like you said a while ago, all trying to help us. They're all very nice people. The people are nothing against us. They're against the ground, what we're living in at the back, what's what's happening to us, which I can't blame them. But they have wrote letters. They've done everything for us, the people.
0: The man behind a scheme to encourage more Asian women to get involved in football says 100 women wearing hijabs attending tomorrow's Luton Town match is not a publicity stunt. And Butch Fazal told Ian that head scarves to football scarves is a genuine attempt to get the Berry Park community to go to Kenilworth Road.
21: It's not a photo opportunity, it's not a one-day thing, it's about a sustainable effective programme that's going to stand the test of time. A hundred
8: women in headscarves all sat together at a football match in Luton town isn't a photo opportunity.
21: That's what people think that it's about but it's not about that. It's about the ge- it's the next generation of supporters and a lot of them come from that catchment area but have never yeah. been to the ground.
0: Aircraft and ships from several countries have resumed their search for debris that may have come from the Malis- missing Malaysian airliner. They're braving appalling weather conditions in the southern Indian Ocean after Australia released satellite images of two objects in the water there. Police have arrested six people and seized drugs and over £300,000 in cash following raids across Buckinghamshire yesterday morning. Thames Valley Police say the arrests in Aylesbury, High Wycombe and Milton Keynes will make a significant impact on organised crime. A young St Albans soldier and a friend who helped him when he was shot in the neck in Afghanistan have been given military honours. Lance Corporal Simon Maloney receives the Conspicuous Gallantry Cross, the most prestigious medal after of the Victoria Cross. More from Carol Abercrombie.
3: 23-year-old Simon Maloney of the Blues and Royals was shot in the neck by an Afghan insurgent. Where's Masters, who's 25, from the Royal Army Medical Corps, crossed open ground under heavy fire to help him. Lance Corporal Maloney says he played down his injury when he told his mother back home in St Albans, just saying he'd hurt his neck they 'll receive their citations in the next few days
0: in sport, the world champion Red Bull Formula One team were given the freedom of Milton Keynes at a special council meeting last night. Team boss Christian Horner says Milton Keynes has played a big part in their success.
4: I was hoping they would grant me a special parking space, but um, unfortunately not, so uh, no, but it 's a great recognition for the team, and um, you know, we 're we're, we're very proud of being based in milton Keynes and
0: um, Uh, You know, it means a great deal to everybody in the team. The weather, sunny spells, but feeling colder. Some heavy showers later this afternoon. A maximum temperature, 11 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. It's, it's always been a lovely town inviting everyone to where you live.
22: It's a welcoming town. I don't I think if you moved here and didn't know anybody you would settle in quite quickly.
5: All this week we're featuring Newport Pagnell.
3: A lot of my family live here so sometimes we go out with them in the pubs or to the restaurants and things. The
5: Big Tour of Beds, Hearts and Bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's th- four minutes past eight on Friday. Lots to talk about this morning, including 100 hijab-wearing women are going to Luton Town Football Club tomorrow. Is this? Does this sound like a good attempt to integrate women and Muslims into football? Or does it sound like a heavy-handed approach that could go horribly wrong? Talking this morning as well about travellers. If you want to call in and tell me what animal you look like, then you can do Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across
5: beds, hearts, and bucks.
12: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Howard's called in. You're on the M1 morning, Howard. Morning, son. How? What would you like to say? Uh, I just, I'm just rubbing my head this morning about this um, these ladies attending the football tomorrow. You know, the, yeah. Go on. I just find it a little bit weird. That's Why is it weird?
15: Well, a <laughs> to me, it's a publicity stunt, and he's only invited one hundred. People, one hundred women. Sorry, just find it just a little bit odd. It's like saying I will invite one hundred people with ginger hair and blue eyes.
8: It's like, why? Jeez. Well, I think people with ginger hair and blue eyes do go to football matches. I don't think particularly that um, Asian yeah. women are often seen on the terraces, are they? And this is apparently yeah. a, an attempt to, to to encourage them to come. Oh. What? I don't know. I just don't get it, mate. I'm sorry. Howard, I'm going to let you go because the line is awful. It sounds like you're driving along, but thank you very much indeed. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five, five. Apologies for the sniffing. I'm, I'm getting a cold. I'm, I'm getting. I've got a cold. This is what happens when you have two boys, four and two, who are sneezing all the time, and then they start blowing raspberries, and you realise that your face is covered with spittle. And I was trying to say politely, boys, could you stop? Could you stop doing that? And then I got their Lurgy, basically. That's what happened.
16: And um, following Howard's call, cool, we just had a confirmation from uh, Simon upstairs. He does go to the football.
8: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, thank you very much indeed. Simon does have uh, ginger hair. And um, go- just gorgeous blue eyes you could swim in. You could really s- just drown in those. Now, residents in Prince's Risborough, where five years ago, travellers illegally moved onto a piece of Greenbelt land, say the system to evict them is hopeless. Relations between the residents and travellers at Hemley Hill are good, but the settled residents say they have no control over their lives now and have no idea when it will end.
13: Been planning permission refused, then it's gone to appeal, the appeal's been refused, it's gone to the Secretary of State, then it's gone to judicial review. After that, we had a verbal appeal, which I'd never even heard of. And There was High Court... This
2: was a, a High Court appeal in the name of one of the travellers who sought to get part of the planning decision overturned. That was refused, and the travellers were given 18 months from then to leave the site and return it to its original condition. Are you hopeful that this will be the end of it, then?
13: Well, we hope so, but then, of course, we had a big shock when another plan was um, put in, and that one has been refused. It's exactly the same type of thing, except it's for four pitches, instead of nine, Um, we just didn't realise that that could even happen. I think this is where our frustration comes in. We just think, is it never-ending?
8: Well, joined now by Paul Miner, Senior Planning Officer for the Campaign for the Protection of Rural England. Good morning to you, Paul. Good morning. It's
6: an illegal site, isn't it? Why does it take so long to get people off? Well, Well, there's often a problem with the planning system about how you enforce against breaches of planning control the lo- local authorities aren't required by laws to enforce breaches of planning c- control it's it's entirely up to them and in many cases they don't often have the staff to to do it properly but in, in other cases where where local authorities do ha- take action they often find there's a bewildering range of of powers and legal precedents that they have to follow in order to make sure that enforcement action is taken. Five
8: years, though, Paul. How can it take five years?
6: If someone's not meant to be there, then five years seems ridiculous. Well, as I said, the, the enforcement system is, is often not clear, clear enough. And uh, and the way it's structured is is that before local authorities take enforcement action, that are they're expected first to give the uh, the persons responsible for the breach of control the opportunity to submit a retrospective planning application or or submit an, an enforcement appeal and these appeals can be considered on a wide ra- range of grounds uh, and uh, as you've said, it can often take some time for the, the appeals to be considered and uh, and even where the appeals are successful the the burden of proof is often quite difficult and uh, and then the scheme can slightly change, and then they have to go through the whole process again, so it can often be very difficult.
8: Now, we know there's a need for sites, and we know in central Bedfordshire there's been a long process to find new sites. It's been controversial. Are councils doing enough, do you think, Paul?
6: Well, in in the past, there was a duty on local authorities to to identify sites for gypsies and travellers, and the evidence showed that, that, that often that, that this made local authorities put the resources that were needed to find sites in the right places and uh, and, and deal with the problem. And, and when the duty was repealed in the early 1990s, the, then you began to have a shortage of sites. And this is what's given rise to many of the problems that we see now. Is there any real protection for the green belt, Paul? Uh, areas of outstanding
8: natural beauty like this, it would appear people can, can pretty much do what they want for a few years and then naff off.
6: Well, on on the whole, but applying protect, protection for the green belts and for areas like outstanding natural beauty, such as the Chilterns, for example, does do seem to work very well. Is that it, there is very much a burden of proof on a developer to sh- to show that if they want to build things like housing or a traveller site or many other forms of development, such as a warehouse, they they have to show why that's not inappropriate in the green belt and why it wouldn't affect the openness of the green belt or the beauty of the Chilterns. And generally, the, the, the protections work well. Where, where there has been a real problem with the Green Belts more, and A1Bs more recently is, is for the very major cases where large housing developers are looking to get housing through in plans and, and local authorities are coming under increasing pressure to allocate more and more sites for major new housing developments.
8: Paul, go and have a lemp sit. Paul Miner there, Senior Planning Officer from the Campaign for the Protection of Rural England.
5: Call
8: 08459 oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. BBC Three Counties Radio. So I'm looking at the picture, the uh, satellite picture. Did you know? Did you? I, I listened to the Australian press conference um, when the, it was. It was about. F- well, where was it? Because I was driving to work, and I'd stopped to get petrol. It was 4.30 um, yesterday morning, was it? I, I lost track of days. Maybe yesterday morning or the day before. 4.30, our time, because uh, they, were pl- they were playing it on 5 Live. And I was listening to it. And did you notice how cagey the, the uh, Australian officials were? When someone said, uh, yeah, can you tell us uh, what satellite that you got the pictures from? Well, uh, we don't really want to go into that, mate. Top secret, obviously top secret security satellites that we're not supposed to know about. There's all this guff, isn't there? That there are bits of the planet that we can't see. I don't believe that for a second. And the Australians have pretty much confirmed that. Well, I don't, I don't, we don't really want to go into which satellite it was uh, right now. It's not really appropriate because they've all, everyone... If Australia have got top-secret satellites, they're just Australia. They don't, they don't even count for anything in the world. Imagine what China and Russia and America have got up there. They can see everything. It's
5: like Celestial CCTV.
8: I've got their second album on vinyl. That is a cracking band.
16: Are they... Um, didn't they turn into Fandango?
8: Yeah, exactly. They did. Bum, bum, Fandango. Uh, but uh, th- I'm looking at the picture... I mean, how would you know? It looks like a wave. How would you know? That's that's the twenty-four meter. It's it. it, How is someone supposed to spot that? It's straws. Be. What what can I hear?
17: I don't know. What? Oh, Oh. sorry. That's me. I um. Kelly Betts is not listening to the show. No, no. no. I have. You listen to another radio station. The an audio boo of Steve. the PE teacher. Thirty-five year old PE teacher. Put that out. Lady
8: Steve. Put that out. I um, was good. just
17: tweeting it and it was just playing. That's what
8: you call Wonderful hear. news, wonderful news. Search teams were last night uh, looking. Oh, there's Kuala Lumpur. That's where uh, Gavin Lee is. It's, it's miles away, isn't it? Mm. Search teams were last night looking for debris off the coast of. How do you say it? Where, what? How do you say it? Debris what? or debris?
16: Uh, probably debris.
8: This is my daughter, debris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how would you say, it, Kelly? Debris. Yeah, debris. Uh, off the How coast... How do
17: you say it? How
8: do you say it? Debris.
17: Debris. What songs do they have?
8: Search teams were last night looking for debris off the coast of Western Australia, which could be the wreckage of flight MH370. Two objects, one 24 metres long, were seen on satellite images. This is from the sun. They were in the Indian Ocean, 1,500 miles from Perth, and 3,000 miles from the plane's last known location in Malaysia's Strait of Malacca. Now, Malacca... It's
16: quite rude, isn't
8: it? In Greek, it's it's one of the rudest words. So apologies to any of my uh, my Greek fans out there. Big big in the Greek community. The sighting was described as the best lead so far. Well, if that's the best lead they've got, then they ain't got nothing. They ain't got nothing. Um, cards on the table. Let's put it out there. I think that what, when the, the, the Australians won't find anything. And also, it's in, um, it's in a, a thing called the Roaring Forties. i know, I've been listening to lots of this. It's the Roaring Forties. What a cool name. But what it means, basically, is you get 10 feet high waves, and there is a really fast slipstream. So they spotted this on the satellite. This picture, the satellite picture was taken three or four days ago. They only got people there yesterday. So it could be anywhere. It would have been moved away. It would have been moved away by the slipstream. Clutching the straws. It's just, it's just the weirdest story, isn't it? And the saddest story, because what's happened is a plane with 230 odd people has crashed somewhere and we don't know where. That's what's happened. 08459-455-555 is the telephone number. 81333, start your text 3CR or Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. 815 exactly. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards,
12: and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Barton-le-Clay on the speed sensors, the A6 northbound slow going at the Bedford Road roundabout and also in Baldock the centre of town looking quite congested at the moment. The A507 is heavy in both directions around the train station, the A5 southbound slow between Houghton-Regis and Dunstable. And in Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you head towards the M25. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank
8: you, Alice. 16 or thereabouts. It's Friday the 21st of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Buckinghamshire where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission, say the last five years have left them in limbo. The site behind homes on Hemley Hill in Prince's Risborough appeared in 2009. The man behind a scheme to encourage more Asian women to get involved in football says 100 women wearing hijabs attending tomorrow's Luton Town match is not a publicity stunt. And in sport, the world champion Red Bull Formula One team were given the freedom of Milton Keynes at a special council meeting last night.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
1: On BBC One... The worlds of entertainment and sport relief collide. Beckham meets the boys from Peckham in a very special Only Fools and Horses.
11: If I asked you to go out into the high street wearing a sarong,
8: would you?
1: Well... The Paralympians do strictly.
8: My head is racing like you have no idea.
1: Team Bishop takes on Team Co. John Bishop, be very afraid. Live from the Queen Elizabeth Olympic Park... Sport Relief tonight from seven on BBC
8: One and BBC One HD. Now, dear listener, um, uh, uh, basically, well, you speak. What you see? Who's this? Who's this butch man that's come in? We're we're both, I sense, close to death. Yeah, very much so. Uh, this is this is what you call touch of man flu. Well, I don't know, but see, I, I think that men feel pain and discomfort differently to women. Really, so that when we get colds. What if we were more physically incapacitated by them than women? So it's not us just being, oh, no, I'm not well, actually, it had more of an effect. I thought there was a, a medical study done
11: recently where they said that men do get worse colds than women. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I'll go with that. I'll yeah. take that, yeah. That's, I think so. It's, it's scientific fact. Oh, I had a terrible night. I had one of those terrible nights. You sound you know. like
8: Phyllis. Do I? Or oh, Perth love. <laughs> I love the way I can just say you sound like Phyllis and you know exactly who I I'm talking exactly about. exactly who
11: you mean, <laughs> Perth in love. You
8: had a terrible night. Why was that? Oh,
11: we're just this cold. Yeah. Can, yeah. You can imagine. It was one of those nights, you know we've all been there. Night nurse. Oh, no, I couldn't. Good swig of that. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'd make no sense today if I'd had that. Now, listen, what's on your show this morning? Well, coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, I was uh, very interested in your your interview you did with Eileen Cash. Residents in Prince's Risborough are so keen to help the town's three remaining travellers to move on, they're filling out their council house forms for them. An illegal camp was set up there five years ago, and while they The settled community insists that they do get on perfectly well with the travellers. They're frustrated that the eviction process is taking so long. Eileen Cash is one of the three remaining travellers, and she says that when their community bought the land back in 2009, they had no concern about Greenbelt land or the beauty of the area. Yes, she did say that. She thinks it's very unfair to ask them to leave. So the message I got from her in your interview earlier was that she really feels very hard done by and she thinks that the travelling community have a tough time because, yes. you know, this is land that they bought. Admittedly, it was agricultural land, but it was land that they, they bought. All they wanted to do was, was live there and enjoy their lives on there and they've been stopped from doing it. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your views on this. Do you feel sorry For travellers, it does appear that every time travellers seem to set up home somewhere, Mm. it's only a matter of time before the settled community uh, organise a petition or start campaigning to the council to have these people moved on. Would you feel sorry for travellers? Do you think we are uh, unnecessarily nasty to them and we're always trying to force them on to the next place? Or perhaps you don't have any sympathy whatsoever. Perhaps you think travellers, they bring this all on themselves. They insist on buying agricultural land that they know they can't live on and then just trying to break the rules by by setting up home there. 08459 455555. From 9, do you feel sorry for travellers?
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
12: This is Ian Lee.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Ah, dear. Now, uh, we've got some texts on uh, the 100 hijab-wearing women going to Luton Town Football Club. I think it's a great idea that the Muslim women are attending the Luton game. It's a great way for the town of Luton to have the town in harmony. I do hope the laddies, I think Tony means ladies, are going to be wearing orange headscarves in support of Luton Town Football Club. Good on the club for making this happen. We need more women at games. Match days are mainly white male orientated. We have our diverse community in luton, but not at the club. Phil says Ian bound to be non-racist banter from simple songs such as Who Are You? Definitely a publicity stunt. And Chris in Bedford says not all women, not all Muslim ladies wear the hijab. So the 100 Muslim women all wearing hijab does sound more like an orchestrated photo stunt than an effort to integrate. Catherine, would you put your hand up? Uh, Yeah, you you pronounced
16: that song wrong. It's not Who Are You. It's who are you? Oh, who are ya? you? You okay. read
8: that one. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm going to say who are you? Who are who What's are you? What's the song
16: called? It's called Who Are You?
8: Who are you? Who are you? Dooby dooby doo. Now uh, we're talking about this because there is a campaign to get more women, more Asian women, into football. Well, what's happening is we're going to get they are going to get the organizers are going to get 100 uh, women in hijabs to sit in the Oak Road end at Kenilworth Road. More than 100 women from the local South Asian community will be treated to an afternoon in the stands at Luton Town versus Chester tomorrow as part of an initiative entitled From Headscarves to Football Scarves. Well, we've heard from the organiser Butch Fazal from the National Asians in Football Forum, as well as feminist writer and activist Suzuati Basu, who feels it's all a little bit ham-fisted. Justin Dealey has been speaking to Luton Town fans. Well, I do
3: get people that kind of look at me and go, oh, you play football. But it's kind of like it's gone more of a, oh, you play football, can I come with you now? Or where do you play football? Let me come with you. And I think it's just that some people do have that stereotype that we can't play. Like, obviously, I play. I used to play for my high school. I play for the college now as well. So during the school, if you'd come out for training, they'd look at you first and be like, oh, what's she doing here? But then once you got the ball and once you started playing, it was like we were all the same. We oh, well, I,
8: I think we played the wrong little bit of audio there. I think we may have played, indeed, the audio of our next guest, Iman. Iman Rashid, was that you we just heard speaking? Yeah, I think it was. I well, we don't need to speak to you. Thanks for coming on. Bye. <laughs> I, I do apologise. Someone, someone, someone slipped in the wrong bit of audio, so I do Maybe we'll play the right one a bit later on. Now, you're going to be part of this Headscarves to Football Scarves group tomorrow. How did you get involved?
26: Uh, well, actually, first, I was just playing football for the college, and Butch noticed me in a headscarf while I was playing, and he called me to his office, and he told me what a big campaign this was. I had actually never heard of it before. I was just playing, and then Butch called me over to his office and he explained to me this campaign and he actually he got me involved, and he got me on the level one course so yeah, what is the what is the, the
8: point off. of the campaign
26: I think it is just to get more Asian girls involved because they feel like they they can't obviously play because it's more of a uh, maybe a more of a men's sport or more of just women other women are allowed to play so i think it's just to get them involved get them to know that they can play if they want to
8: isn't it a little bit patronizing maybe
26: it is but i don't it maybe is patronizing i think i think but then isn't going to do anything anything else for asian women in obviously in england there's a lot of white people. So I think if Asian girls try to do anything, anything's going to be patronising them. If they try to break out of the norm, Mm. anything's going to be patronising. So I think if one person can take the step, then I think everyone else can follow.
8: What confuses me slightly is the fact that these 100 or so women are all going to be sat together. So it's not really integration, is it? It, It's still more segregation. If they were kind of like mingling with people and, you know, but but a group of 100 hijab-wearing women, it's not integrated, is it?
26: No, obviously we're going to be sitting together, but that doesn't mean that they don't have to mingle with people. I'm pretty sure they'll be talking to the people around and talking to the fans.
8: But the people that will be around them will be other hijab-wearing women.
26: Yeah, but other fans, like, obviously we're going to be together, but other other Luton fans, because we're all from Luton, I suppose that we'd all be mingling together. But I think we're sitting together so that the we... The other hijabi girls don't feel patronised. So, because obviously most for most hijabi girls, this is going to be their first game. So, obviously, you want their first game to be one of the better experiences.
8: What not- stops Muslim women going to football matches anyway? Why why are they not going? If they're fans, if they enjoy and uh, the, the game and support the, the team, why aren't they going?
26: Well, do you see many hijabi women going when it's pretty much male-dominated, and pretty much not... I don't even see many women going to football matches nowadays because it's just so male-dominated, and and a lot of males have that perception that it's a male game, like, why are women playing? So, yeah.
8: So that's why women aren't going, because they perceive it as a male game? Yeah. Okay.
26: Pretty much. and Obviously, every girl's different. They might have their reasons for not wanting to go. But, yeah your training as a football
8: coach what's it taken to get to that stage
26: a lot of hard work actually to be honest go on tell me um, butch butch got me involved it's not that hard to be butch got me involved and um it's just a, a five-day course um two days are your practical your practice practical and then you have uh, first aid and safeguarding and you've got your assessment. And it's a couple of hours um, in the weekdays, and then a full day in the weekend, and then you're done.
8: Butch said this isn't a photo opportunity, but that's naive, isn't it, man? It, it is a photo
26: opportunity, isn't it? And a great one at that. Yeah, maybe it is a photo opportunity, but it's just, it, other than that, it's, it's bigger than that. Like, okay, it is a photo opportunity, and it'll be a great photo, and it'll be a great experience for many of the yeah. girls. But I think we can make it something bigger if we if we want do to. Do you
8: think it will have any lasting impact? What what will change as a result of what you're doing?
26: I think that in our college, especially me, I've been going around asking girls to if they want to play football, and surprisingly, so many girls have said to me that if you're doing the coaching and if it's the only girls, I'll come and I'll do I'll practice a bit of football with you guys. And obviously I'd come training and stuff. And I think it's just that getting more girls to be involved. They'll be they'll feel more welcome into playing into the football clubs or even not even football, any other sport. They'll feel more welcome to come and join in.
8: Iman, hey I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much. We can now go to the audio that uh, Justin recorded earlier. This is him speaking to Luton Town fans.
2: I think it's a good idea. Whether it will work...
18: I don't know. When you, when you say work, are you talking long term or are you talking on Saturday itself? Uh, long term. I think some of the, the fans going to the game might start taking the mickey. Uh, they probably will. And you're talking about Luton supporters or are you talking about Luton and Chester
2: supporters? I, I think both sets because it's not an Asian thing, is it, going to a football match?
19: Yeah, yeah, I think it is a good thing, yeah. I mean, it, I mean hopefully, hopefully they'll go down there and they'll enjoy it and they'll see a different the culture of football is completely different do you know what I mean there is there's always a mindset that is quite very intimidating the chant in that goes on at football matches but if, if you know if they can overcome that I mean, obviously, there's, there's there's a big thing about the racism in, in football and that. And, and it's and it's, a, it's a good thing that they're trying to do something to kick it out, really, in, in a way. Because it should be for everybody. It's a sport for everybody. Everybody should be involved in it. do you know what I mean? Oh,
8: wait, four five nine four 555 double, five, double, five is the phone number if you want to have your say on that. Good idea? Or a little bit patronising and probably won't achieve anything. What do you think? 100 hijab-wearing women going to, uh, to Luton Town uh, the weekend to watch a football match. 08459 four double five five double five. Travel news for
12: beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. The A5 looking slow in both directions between Houghton, Regis and Dunstable. And also on the speed sensors in Hitchin, the A602 still struggling heading towards the centre of town. In Hartford, the A414 on both approaches to the centre of town looking slow on the sensors. And the Park Street roundabout, the A414 looking very heavy as you head towards London Coney. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
12: Cross beds hearts and bugs
5: this is bbc three counties radio
0: It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Residents in Buckinghamshire where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission say the last five years have left them in limbo. Wickham District Council say they share the residents' frustrations over the site in Princess Risborough. The Australian Prime Minister says every effort is being made to find possible debris from the missing Malaysian airliner in the southern Indian Ocean. Surveillance aircraft are searching the area for a second day. Poor weather has so far hampered their efforts. And a young St Albans soldier and a friend who helped him when he was Shot in the neck in Afghanistan have been given military honours. Lance Corporal Simon Maloney receives the Conspicuous Gallantry Cross, the most prestigious medal after the Victoria Cross.
12: Three Counties Sports,
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Tottenham are out of the Europa League after a two-all draw away to Benfica in Portugal saw them go out 5-3 on aggregate. This morning, Manchester United and Chelsea are in the draw for the quarterfinals of the Champions League. They're joined by the Spanish trio, Real Madrid, Barcelona and Atletico Madrid, German sides Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund and the French team Paris Saint-Germain. In tomorrow's matches, there's a Hearts-Bucks derby as Stevenage host MK Dons. Stevenage without injured skipper John Ashton. The Dons have Stephen Gleeson suspended, but Cole Robinson and could include on loan Swansea forward James Loveridge who's impressed in training.
8: He's very quick, um, he, he joined in a game for 25 minutes and scored three goals on, on Tuesday and um, Patrick doing that
15: when he first came in that's what maybe put him in the team so he, he seems to be, he knows where the back of the net is and he can run, And it's, he's another body um, but he's very, very quick and he, he certainly knows where the goal is I like what I've seen in training so far.
0: In the Championship, Watford go to inform Wigan, with the Hornets on a run of 13 away games without a win. In League 2, Wickham are waiting on the fitness of strikers Matt McClure and Stephen Craig ahead of the home game with leaders Rochdale. And conference leaders Luton look set to be without the influential Luke Guttridge for the rest of the season, as they prepare to welcome Chester to Kenilworth Road. Red Bull have formally appealed Daniel Ricciardo's disqualification from Sunday's season-opening Australian Grand Prix. Ricciardo finished second, but was penalised for a breach of fuel consumption rules. Speaking last night in Milton Keynes, to mark being given the freedom of the borough, team boss Christine Horner said they were confident of getting the place back. To
4: finish second in Australia was a fantastic result, particularly for Daniel Ricciardo. To be excluded was hugely frustrating, but obviously we're going to take that to appeal and um,
0: you know, feel that we have a strong case. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at nine.
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: 08459 455555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. We're talking about lots of things this morning, including uh, football. Football. 100 hijab-wearing women uh, going to Luton Town Football Club tomorrow. What do you think? Sorry, the reason I'm, I'm speaking slowly is because I'm about to sneeze... And I'm trying to um, d- d- to judge the sneeze. I'm trying to judge the sneeze, just. Okay. You judge your way, boss. Go on. I've lost it now. Oh yes. I, d- I dwelled on it too much. Yeah. No, I that's dwell- another thing, though, isn't it? No. You lost it? There's there's nothing better, mate, than a good sneeze. I mean, literally. Isn't there a stat on sneezing? Yeah. Which I can't go into. It's right more. Now. It's it's as powerful as. Really? Yeah. Oh I'd like to have your sneezes. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Mm. I bet you would. Now, what have we got you on for? <laughs> hugging? We're talking about hugging, aren't we? Yeah,
18: we are, because um, Quentin Letts has uh, written an article in today's Daily Mail. Uh, he says, no hugging, please. We are British. From pop to politics, suddenly everyone's going touchy-feely. Pass the sick it- bag, says Quentin Letts. He
12: says suddenly.
18: Mm.
8: Hugging has been a big part of uh, the, the, the Britain for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, isn't yeah, it? Well, forever. Well, I'd no, say. not forever. The 70s and the 80s, it was a firm handshake. Yeah. <laughs> we'd have none of the hugging stuff. It's kind of an American thing, I, I think, You know, because we'd watch things like the Cosby Show mm. uh, in the 80s, and they were all, everyone was hugging each other in the Cosby Show, uh, and we, it kind of, we kind of picked it up from not just the Cosby Show, obviously, but from the Golden Girls as well. I mean, we, occasion, we I say we occasionally, probably, what, once
18: a month have a hug, don't we? Yeah, when you say to me, "Oh, oh can
8: we have a little here, bit of a hug?" On. Come on, I've come got here. some. I've got a mate called Dom, who I used to work with, and I, I don't see him very often. But every now and then, bizarrely, I bump into him, right? Mm. And I go, I go in for the hug, and as soon as I'm in the hug, I, I, I remember to myself, he doesn't like hugging <laughs> because he just stands there like solid, and he won't, and he yeah. doesn't. And I have to d- kind of back out of the hug. I mean, you're talking about friends there. Would you hug
18: somebody that you just met for the very first time, or would that be a bit weird, a bit creepy? Okay, you, you come to Luton Town with me tomorrow. Okay, well I'm, I know you love Kenilworth Road. Okay, you come to Luton Town, and uh, Luton score a goal, and the person next
8: to you gives you yeah. a big hug. Now, what's your reaction to that? Would that go, make you angry? I'd, no, I'd go for that. You would go for that. I'd go, I'd for, go that. for the hug. I'm just trying to think. At the weekend, I met lots of people who I'd never met before. Mm. And um, did I go? I'm trying to think. Did I go oh, in? I bet you did. Monkey yeah, loving so, fans. Yeah. Some. Yeah, but there was a lot of monkey love. Some yeah. of them. Uh, yeah. The handshake, and then sometimes the handshake just automatically involves into. A hug,
18: doesn't yeah. it? Doesn't it? We're going that way. Well, this morning, Ian, I've been to Newport Pagnall, the home of the BBC Three Counties radio tour, to ask people about the all-important subject of hugging, and here's what happened.
27: Hugging's great, because it's good. It's good to
18: feel connected to people. Would you hug somebody that you'd never met before? If I was saying hello to them, maybe, yeah. What about us now? <laughs> I'd hug you, yeah. Seriously? If you said, I'd like a hug. Well, can I have a hug? Yeah, let's do it. You smell good as well, by the way. <laughs> I've just got dressed, so... Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. Morning, young man. How old are you? Eighteen. Eighteen years old. What's your name? Nathan. Nathan, what happens here in Newport Pagnell, the home of the big tour? I don't know. I've only lived here for about three months. What's happened in those three months? <sighs> Nothing, really. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, do you fancy a hug? Not really. Can't bother. Sue, good morning. How happy are you today? Very
25: happy today. Hey,
18: wonderful today. Yeah, stuff Newport Pagnell. Yeah? Describe it to me in ten seconds.
25: Very friendly little town, um, great place to live.
18: Yeah. Hugging.
25: Hugging, yeah.
18: The Daily Mail on a rampage this morning saying it's out of control. It's disgusting. What do you think?
25: No, I think hugging. hugging's good. Mm-hmm. Hugging's good. Hugging makes you feel happy.
18: So you're here in the bakery. Do you yeah. randomly hug your customers when they buy a chocolate finger?
25: Not very often. <laughs>
18: Perhaps I should. <laughs> so You're talking about hugging with, with friends and family.
25: Yeah, friends okay. and family. So yeah. So a
18: randomer like me, would you give me a hug?
25: There you go.
18: <laughs> we'll get a kiss as well.
25: <laughs>
18: wow, it's all happening here today. I'm going to come back to Newport Pagnell more often. So you think hugging's great? More of it. More of it, definitely. Sure, listen, have a good weekend. And you, thank you. So would you randomly hug somebody you met for the first time? Certainly not. Well,
11: because it's an it's a sign of intimacy, and I. I wouldn't be intimate with
2: someone I was meeting for the first time.
18: Because I thought we were getting on quite well. We could have a a hug here on the High Street in Newport Pagnell.
2: Well, not as far as I'm concerned.
18: (laughs) Okay. so (laughs) Listen, you look after yourself. Take care. Thank you.
9: I
25: like it. I like a good hug. I live on my own, so it's quite nice to have a hug every now and then.
18: I've spoken to one man who says to me, it's way too intimate. You shouldn't be hugging somebody when you meet them for the first time. What do you think about that?
25: Was he quite old? Yes, he was. Oh, there you go. That's the answer to the okay. question. Then.
18: <laughs> so, young, trendy people like you, you yes. would hug somebody like me well, right yes, now.
22: I would indeed. Yeah. Yes. Well, you've got two dogs.
18: Are your dogs going to eat me if I hug no, you? they not okay, Let's have a hug. Come on.
22: Hey. <laughs> Lovely to meet you, madam. And,
18: you... and uh, good to be here in Newport Pagnell.
25: Yes, it's fab. Uh, I love
18: it. With
8: with everything that's happening recently, Justin, Ooh. you have to be so careful. You do so have to be careful, careful but. Uh, um, yeah, only two people this morning
18: in newport Pagnell refused to hug. It's a lovely place. Nick Coffer there, live this afternoon Sorry. from the Market Square. And, uh, yeah, it's the, a home the, it's the home of the big tour hey. this week. It's the home of the big tour. There's some good stories in newport Pagnell. Catherine
8: and Kelly are hugging each other. Are they? One for Trucker Chris. Uh. <laughs> uh, I don't like... You get these weirdos, don't you, that offer free hugs to people. So you get perverts... What? You get perverts standing in the street. There's like a campaign, isn't there? Yeah. To, for, um, uh, for, to give out hugs to make the world a better place. And you said there's this group called, like... Huggers for justice. No, huggers... What? They're, they're just... What are they called? You know what I'm talking about, don't you, Catherine? There's yeah. a group that give out free hugs.
16: It's, it's normally um, youngsters.
8: Yeah, perverts. Uh,
16: no, not perverts. No, they're perverts. Uh, you
8: nodded when I said it. People with youthful um, exuberance. Um... Uh, yeah, I don't I don't approve no, of that.
18: That's a bit odd. I mean at least have a conversation first, but but make it natural like
8: yeah. this morning Don't go out and say look guys. We're offering free hugs. Just go yeah. out and be normal I'm um, struggling while you're talking Justin. If I'm mm. honest I wasn't really listening because yeah. I was making myself chuckle by saying um, uh, That we learned to hug from the Cosby show and then I made myself laugh internally by saying the Golden Girls Yes, right. and then I was trying to think of the name of another sitcom that was on Channel 4 at, back in the 90s It was on about six o'clock. It was tea time and I can't remember Moesha? what Moesha. What? Moesha. No, not Moesha. Neighbours. No, it's a but sitcom it's on gone. Channel 4, no, you right. muppet. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. Blossom. Home and Away. Stop it. Roseanne. No, it was. It was at about six o'clock. And it was two women. Yeah. Right? It was two women. It was American. <laughs> Um, and it looked a little bit like Laverne and Shirley. It wasn't Laverne and Shirley. Oh. It had similar kind of opening titles to Laverne and Shirley. Well, just two women that used to hug each other. No, they, they were was the was, best friends,
16: weren't they? They For were best years. friends. Yeah. I, I
8: want to say Map and Lucia, but I know it's not Map and Lucia. Had a,
16: one of their husbands died, the other one had been separated. Yeah, and yeah, Laver and their kids. Oh, who were they had kids. It
8: was something and something.
16: Yeah, one uh, was slightly more feminine. One was more the go-getter. They
18: look like Cagney and Lacey. Okay, but what Birds happened? Of so, a
16: feather.
18: so, so the whole program w- yes. w- was based every single week on them two sharing love and, and hugging each other it as was, friends.
16: It was a tale of friendship essentially.
8: It was American. Sounds great. So, no, it was American. So there was hugging in it. Yes. But that wasn't the th- That wasn't the premise. It wasn't oh. the hugging show. It was something and something. They looked like Slim Cagney and Lacey, yeah. Um, and they lived in like a basement apartment. And the opening titles was them sort of walking through a park.
18: It sounds great. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody out there with uh, equally bad taste in oh, TV f- who
8: knows exactly what like you're talking about. Sounds something you'd get on the internet. Yeah. It was it? Well, you would get it on the internet now. Race to team. No, f- right. Go, you're you're cut off, Justin. Go away. I Just. Bye. Well, who's on
18: your show tomorrow, Just? Uh, tomorrow morning we have got uh, Paul McCartney's brother on the show <laughs> tomorrow morning. <laughs> Mike McGear, who was in from Scaffold, scaffold yeah, who was in Scaffold, drink and drink um, drink in the pink, UK and American pink. chance from this weekend in 1989 was plenty of Jason Donovan. So oh, Paul, hey. so Paul McCartney, oh, imagine being
8: Paul
17: McCartney's
8: brother's going to be on. Yeah, exactly. Don't,
18: and yes. and if I'm nice to him, he might put me in touch with his brother, and his brother might appear on my program because I know that you've been tweeting Paul McCartney recently, embarrassingly. Well.
8: Uh, that failed. Listen, I've got an in, okay? Let's just leave it okay, there. Okay, let's just, let's just say that's never going to happen, Justin. Thank you very much indeed. What was that programme called?
16: I want to say one of them was called like M- Marsha or something. No. I wait
8: 459, 455 yeah. Channel 4, 6 o'clock. Uh, the, I, I would watch it with my mum so it would be late 80s, early 90s. American sitcom, two women, one was blonde, one was brunette, there you go. Uh, and they sort of lived in the basement, I'm sure. And they had kids. Sounds
16: really. S- p- they weren't together.
8: Oh. No, they weren't. Was it was too that. early
16: in, in the 80s they, It was for something
8: that. and something. I mean, it wasn't. Oh, there's a phone call. Get that. Get that phone call. They know who it is.
16: Imagine and, G- and Lucy.
8: No. So I say Map and Lucia because it's something no, like. You yeah, put them. Put them straight through.
16: Sylvia and. Stay on the line.
8: Betty. Cherry on Fader two. Who? Terry? Cherry. Cher- oh, I love the name Cherry.
6: Hello,
8: and I think
6: it was Kate and Allie.
8: Kate Yay! and Allie Cherry, you're brilliant. <laughs> Where did you manage to drag that one up from? It came to my head. I couldn't remember. I could see
24: it, but I couldn't remember. But then I thought, Kate and Ali.
8: It was quite funny, wasn't it, Kate and Allie? Oh, it was, yes, yes. And they were, they were, um, they were, fra- and it was right, one of their husbands had died and the other one had left That's them right, or something. Yes.
24: yes. I haven't seen it back, but yes, he was at it.
8: Cherry, may, may God bless you uh, and may you have a safe weekend. Kate and Allie.
24: I've got
16: a picture of them in front of me.
8: Go, wik- Wikipedia them. Let's find out a little bit of uh, Kate and Ali facts.
16: Okay, hang on. Let's have a
8: look. I'm going to have a little look as well, with Kate.
16: Katie. Uh, is an American television situation comedy which ran yeah. from March 19th, 1984 to May the 22nd, 1989 on CBS, starring Susan St. James and Jane Curtin as two divorced women, both with children, who decide to live together in the same house.
8: How is it?
16: Good for them. Sisters are doing it for themselves.
8: I bet it wasn't funny. In this, like, oh, look, 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 I had a crush on the dark haired one. Did you? Yeah, I did. She looked like a. The other s-
16: one was a bit more Jodie Foster ish, wasn't she?
8: Yeah, yeah. Um,
16: Kate worked as a travel agent while Ali stayed at home to take care of the domestic duties, so it's like they were a crazy couple.
8: Those, those, yeah, I see what they've done. It's, it's kind of like. And then uh, it's kind of like my two dads.
17: A bit. Steve in Potter's Bar's on the line. He's got oh. really good points.
8: Steve, what would you like to say? Just a, just a light note. You know, you've got Mother's Day and Father's Day. Wouldn't you have know Day? Builder's Day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would, what would we do with Builder's Day? We'll show our bum cracks off and be um, offensive to women. <laughs> no, you're right, Steve. We can have a- know, well, that's, a bit, that's a bit out of order, isn't it? For you, isn't it? Sorry. I thought you are supposed to be nice to people. I thought you were a people lover. No, nah, mate, it's Friday. But, uh, yeah, the it is You're right, we could have lots of days. We could have Mother's Day, <laughs> Father's be, Day, that. Builder's Day, Racist Day. Yeah, we could have We could have that. We could have, <laughs> we have all, all different kinds of days to celebrate. Anyway, that's just a light note. That's all I'm saying. What, what, a, what a lovely light note, Steve. Thank you, mate. No worries. Bye.
17: Cheers. I knew he was worth
16: putting
8: on. I mean, he doesn't even listen to the show. His radio doesn't work. So he doesn't even listen to the show. That he didn't just...
16: show, did it? No. That cool?
8: He just phones up to kind of throw these things out. He'd had a little thought. The builders still do the... Um...
16: Yeah, I got one the other day. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did, from two... <laughs> Ironic. And, they were kind of antique burgl- oh, uh, right. burglars, builders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're antique, so they're doing it old school. Really? Um, and I must admit, uh, it made me chuckle, because it was so old-fashioned.
8: This is, the, this is the problem. People talk about the problem with Poles coming out, Polish mm-hmm. builders, OK? Mm-hmm. It's not that they're stealing um, English builders' jobs. It's not because they're undercutting. It's not, it's not any of these reasons. It's because they don't know the customs. They don't know that when they see a pretty bird or, you know, a, a, a mum who's passed it but obviously looks a bit down and needs cheering up, they don't do the All right, love!
16: <laughs> they didn't do anything rude. Hello, love.
8: S- how, do you, how do you do a Polish accent? How do you say "all right, love" in a Polish accent? I wouldn't
16: like to. Uh, try.
17: I'm
8: I'm Polish. I'm from Poland. I, hello, no. I'm from Poland. No. Hel- how was a Polish Stop accent?
17: It. Not that. You can barely do your own.
8: Um, try to think. Um, yes, I'm Polish. Yes.
17: If anyone is hello, Polish love. and can come on,
8: if someone could teach uh, me Polish accent.
17: Oh wait,
16: Polish is listening. And wants to cat Ian.
8: Hello, I'm Polish, you are very sexy lady. (laughs) That's what they need to be doing, is what I'm saying. When they come through immigration, wallop, teach them that. I
17: wonder if uh, anybody's ever walked past, a builder's wolf whistled, and then she's gone, oh, who me? And then they've got together, and they've happily lived ever after. Well, let's
8: let's put that out there. 08459 455555. (laughs) Travel news for beds, cards
12: and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bedford on the speed sensors, the Bromham Road still looking slow heading towards the centre of town from Biddenham. And in Luton, the A6 is slow going in both directions between Bushmead and the centre of Luton. In Kings Langley, the A41 is queuing as you head towards the M25. And in Enfield, Southbury Road, heading westbound, is closed and there are queues between the Great Cambridge Road and Eton Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Alice, thank you very much. Right, it's 8.46, it's Friday, the uh, 21st of March, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Buckinghamshire, where an illegal traveller site has again been refused planning permission, say the last five years have left them in limbo. Wickham District Council say they share the residents' frustrations over the site in Prince's Risborough. The Australian Prime Minister says every effort is being made to find possible debris from the missing Malaysian airliner in the southern Indian Ocean. Surveillance aircraft are searching the area for a second day. Poor weather has so far hampered their efforts. And in sport, the man behind a scheme to encourage more Asian women to get involved in football says 100 women wearing hijabs attending tomorrow's Luton Town match is not a publicity stunt. Victory for Luton against Chester will be another step towards a crisp fiver leaving my. Wife. Oh, Mr. Oxley! Oh, Mr. Oxley! I've got a feeling that Luton Town are not going to win tomorrow, sir. Let's
22: get the weather, here's Georgina. Beds, hearts, and bucks. Weather.
8: BBC Three Counties Radio.
22: Well, certainly a chilly day today, but with some sunshine around to uh, at least make you feel a bit warmer. If uh, if it doesn't come out in those temperatures, we've got uh, some blustery showers joining us later on, and perhaps even the odd flake of snow with uh, fresh southwesterly winds. It's going to be feeling a lot less than the temperatures, uh, the highs for this afternoon, which should be about 11 degrees Celsius. And tonight we hold on to some of those showers, so probably some more winteriness through the night and just the odd clear spell, perhaps even a frost away from towns with temperatures down to two or three degrees Celsius. And tomorrow, another cold day with a brisk breeze quite similar to today, so a mixture of sunshine and showers, although those showers probably earlier on in the day than they are today with temperatures up to about 11 degrees Celsius. Saturday into Sunday could be quite a severe frost so do cover up your flower beds and uh, we've got uh, more sunshine and showers on Sunday but on Monday we've got a ridge of high pressure. It's going to feel like one of those sunny wintry days which probably quite pleasant if you wrap up warm enough. On Tuesday we could have some early rain but it might just be cloud by the time it gets to us from the west and then it becomes milder towards the end of the week. That's your latest forecast.
12: Every weekday from three, Roberto Peroni. You told 580 gags in one hour. Can I yeah. test you for one minute? I
18: spent the whole year trying to get into classes music. It took the four
12: season. Weekdays from three. We heard from Neil earlier on, he claims he was discriminated against and asked to leave a pub because he injected himself in public in full view.
25: Insulin keeps my son alive, okay? If he doesn't inject, he'll die.
12: Roberto Peroni.
25: And I just thank you for the services that you do on here to help people like myself.
12: Weekdays from three, on BBC Three Counties Radio.
5: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
8: This is Ian Lee.
5: BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: OK, last ten minutes of the show, 08459 455555. I asked, you delivered. I wanted a Polish builder, we've got one. Pavel, good morning, Pavel. Yeah, good morning, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Pavel. Whereabouts in Poland are you from? Uh, from, uh, the, 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 place called Silesia, Slonsk. Okay, okay. It's, uh, South of
15: Poland. Popacz na mojo Uh, sorry,
8: what did you say? Oh, Popacz na the Moyogurek. Popacz na the Moyogurek, Okay, yeah, look at my... Okay, right, okay, right, okay, right. It means look at my cucumber doesn't yeah, it? look at my cucumber. Yes. Yeah, he's looking yeah, at, look at my cucumber. Okay, he's, he's actually Polish. I'm sorry we yes, had I to am. do that, Pavel. We sometimes, I don't know if you hear, we sometimes get prank callers pretending to be who they're not. Uh, I wanted to make sure yeah, you were I a true Polish. I had one the morning, Now yeah. listen, I, I, listen, I love Polish builders. You, did, you, lot, you lot did a cracking job on my loft conversion, but you don't know the British etiquette, Pavel. Mm-hmm. You don't know that when a, a foxy woman or a woman who's uh, obviously past it and you're having a laugh with walks past, mm-hmm. you're supposed to do the wolf whistle. All right, love, and all of that stuff. But I
15: think it's just routine you know, to
8: do this. Oh. You know, it's not right. Uh,
15: it, you know, it, it, people don't whistle you not know, to each other. It's, it's routine, in my opinion. Is this because... That's, that's why. That's pa- why we don't do this.
8: Pavel, is this because you can't whistle? Are you one of those men that can't whistle? No, of course I can whistle, yes. Then give me, whistle. A, give me a... <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Now, I want you to pretend that Catherine's walking past you.
16: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, come what on. Why am the example?
8: Bec- just because it would be unfair if I did it on Kelly, because she's young. What? Catherine- can- Catherine's walking past you, right? Uh-huh. It's yep. from a distance, so you can't quite, you know... Um, what? Sorry? <laughs> and you think, whoa, there's a nice bit of, um, uh, um, uh, it, it means cucumber. Uh, I hope. Uh, so, can you, can you whistle at her and say, all right, love? OK. <clears throat> yeah, of course I can.
16: What are you doing to him?
8: I'm humiliating him.
16: He's a nice, Wait, polite person. Coming, Catherine, you got to
17: get up and walk. Hang on, sh- sh- Hello, love?
8: Hang on, hang on, hang on a minute. Oh. He's, he's doing it. Right, Catherine, no, you, you, you walk past. She's, she's walking past now. Pav, all the way you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, love. Um. See, now, see, that felt good, didn't it? Didn't you feel empowered? Uh, who, me or her? You, didn't you feel, didn't you feel good, Pavel?
15: Uh, I mean, I wouldn't feel good if that was, you know, true, if that was real, because I think that would
8: be rude, yeah. actually. Yeah. And Catherine, you enjoyed it, didn't you? Uh, no. It made you feel more feminine and sexy. Uh,
16: it made me feel a little bit uh, uncomfortable. But Pavel sounds like a very nice builder and the sort of person I'd want working on my house.
8: Do, do Polish builders wear belts, Pavel? Uh, yeah, I've got a belt. <laughs> okay, because one of the great traditions of British builders is you, you, they leave enough room to park a bike.
15: <laughs> okay, I know what you mean yeah, yes. Sometimes it is like that yes. How's
8: things going, Pavel? Are you busy? Uh, yeah, pretty busy actually at the moment, yes Good, good for you Well, excellent stuff Thank you for being a good sport Thank you for calling up yeah, yeah, You're welcome Thank yes, you no very right. much indeed There we go, what a nice gentleman You tried to Aww, ruin him yeah, It's a little bit of casual racism It's the good racism I'm, jo- I'm joking for goodness sakes Come on, guys He's sounded like a nice bloke and uh, it, sounded, it sounded good in that. I think it's a dying. Th- Another thing that just struck me there that's dying. is People don't use the word sexy anymore. Sexy is quite seventies, eighties word. Oh, you're looking sexy. Oh, I'm feeling sexy. Oh,
10: no I one
17: says in se-
16: trouble. That's why.
8: Well, I know. And that that is political madness gone wrong.
16: You know what's in? Sexy's out. Inappropriate is in. What do you mean? Huh? Well, that was inappropriate.
8: Oh for goodness sakes, you squares! Come on, guys. Let's.
16: You hear that a lot, don't you? That was inappropriate.
25: What they mean is because the
17: new words, there's new words like buff and tick and boom. Oh. And you, so do
8: you they, have to they, throw they your shoulders pick. back when you say oh, that. But it helps. Buff, tick, tick boom, tick, boom. Buff, tick, 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 boom. Shake, shake, shake. Peter. Good morning, Ian. Please be with Good you, me. brother. Good morning, Peter. Are you are you feeling sexy? Uh. N- n- n-
1: that's an awful term
8: isn't it? I, I, I kind of miss the word I miss the word sexy peter well it, it's used for so many connotations these
15: days um sexy this sexy that sexy talk um it, it's losing its um, nice curly smooth lines of the
8: female form yeah what's what's sexy talk, peter? Well, you hear these politicians saying, oh, it's sexed up. And we've oh, sexed I see what you mean, yeah, I see what you mean. Colour. Yeah. It's, it's all gone. Without. Peter, what have you called in about? Well, several things, but catcalls. Uh, my wife,
15: many years ago, was uh, walking uh, below builders on their scaffolding, and this young lad was giving it a lot of verbal, because she looked then, she still does, uh, pretty smart. And uh, she said, have you finished? Well, love, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And she shouted out, does your mummy really know you're out today? Oh,
8: beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, dear, that brought the whole I, house down, nearly. I got into an argument with some builders. I've told this story before, but I got into some argument with some builders because my wife, who's hot, uh, and I were walking past them in Crouch End in North London. They were on the floor, and they were totally eyeing her up, totally checking her out, not even being subtle. One of them even elbowed his mate and pointed at my, wi- my wife's backside. Okay, Ooh. Yeah, and I was there, and I saw it, and I went, steady on, fellas. What do you mean? I said, I'm stood right here, that's my wife, can you stop doing that? And then they started having a go at me, and we're doing that thing where they're stood there, Peter, and I'm walking down the street, I was going to the gym, (laughs) It was a long time ago, and we're sort of having an argument as I'm walking away, and then I said something to them, and I was wearing a green jacket, and um, maybe I had sunglasses on, and they went, why don't you F off Glenn Miller? (laughs) They said I look like Glenn Miller! (laughs) <laughs> Can I, uh, and, uh, fair play, I said fair play. So you, you've got... To, uh, that's quite a good insult. And look, this reminds right of something I want to talk about. I've only got four minutes now. I was in Oxford Street in London yesterday. Oxford Street in London. I had my phone in front of me, but I was looking where I was going, OK? So I had my phone. I was, it was in front of me. I was looking where I was going. I saw a young gentleman coming towards me, and he was obviously starting to veer towards me, right? And as he walked past me, Peter, we would have brushed elbows, OK? Yes. He went boom and he he, he, wh- he whacked me with his arm right so my phone went spinning in the air i caught it and i turned around and went i mate why don't you and i said it i said why don't you flip off oh, no i didn't no, i didn't apologize let me get it right look where you're flipping going right. i said because i was because he did it deliberately It was really hard and he turned around he told me to um to go away in no uncertain terms and I i couldn't believe it peter Man, he didn't just walk into me. He slammed into me. He swung his body into me deliberately. But people, unfortunately, are rude, aren't they? Uh, that Polish chapion previously
1: was extremely polite and nice. If everybody was like that, wouldn't it be a lovely world?
8: Wouldn't would, Peter? Wouldn't it indeed? Wouldn't it indeed? Thank you, Peter. This uh, it, it really annoyed me, this fella. He, he, whacked, he, he swung straight into me. And my, uh, my initial reaction, which is still the reaction I, I uh, stand by, was to tell him to look where he was flipping going.
16: Why do people do that, go out of their way to be nasty and mean?
8: I felt bad, because as I said it, I realised there was like a young kiddie nearby. But I, I think he might have been um, foreign. I'm hoping he was foreign and he wouldn't have understood... Uh, sexy this, sexy that, sexy talk. You know, so I'm, I'm hoping he wouldn't have understood it. But it just, it really got on my uh, list. We, we had a call earlier on from Steve, a 35-year-old uh, PE teacher. Um, been training for 10 years, did muscly studies, all of those kind of things. Sportingtons. Sportingtons. Um, and it's on an audio, Boo. If you want to listen to it, we put, we'll put it on the uh, BBC Three Counties Facebook page. Thank you very much. If you follow at Ian Lee or at Kelly Betts or at BBC, what are you, who are you? 3CR Kate. Or at whatever. If you, it's on Twitter and it's on Facebook. Also, if you go to my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Ian Lee Official. The reason I've had to call it Ian Lee Official is because Ian Lee was taken by my previous radio station. They would not relinquish control of it to me. Thanks, guys. What are they
16: putting on there?
8: Um, I don't know. I think they might have closed it down, though, actually, those suckers. Let's have a a little look, shall we? I think they've closed it down. Because if
16: I was them, I'd definitely abuse that.
8: Well, that's not really um, the attitude to have, is it?
16: No, you bet. You did to me, wouldn't you?
8: I'm not surprised. My computer don't work. Here's, Here's the thing. Don't try and do something quick on the computers at BBC Three Counties Radio because it don't work. No, they've closed that page. Thanks a lot, guys. Right, that's it. That's your lot. You can go and get the, um, uh, the audio booth if you want. There will be a new podcast up this uh, week. Kelly Bates, BBC introducing this week. Uh, Saturday, 8 o'clock. Boom! OK. Anything? Ex- any- what should we be looking forward to? What should the kids, the uh, 14, 15, 16-year-olds, be listening to? And Steve. And Steve. What How
17: should- about the Unplugged live session by George Huxtable? A
8: band I've never heard yeah. playing Unplugged? I Keith- know. Heathcliff Huxtable? What? <laughs> that's how I used to talk, wasn't it? Uh, being old. No, I'm doing, I'm doing Heathcliff Huxtable. <laughs> from the Cosby Show. That was what he used to say, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He used to do all that stuff. Anyone? No,
17: you've so just listened to me. The opposite of what you're hearing. Yep. Tune in to BBC introducing tomorrow <laughs> night from 8pm.
8: Presented by Gary Floyd. Mm, who actually speaks like that? Thank you very much indeed. Yes, of course he does. And that's how he got the gig, dear listener. Right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs.
14: BBC Three Counties Radio. In Edworth, the A1 northbound is partially blocked between the Langford turnoff and Biggles Wade south after an accident, but traffic seems to be coping well in the area on the sensors at the moment. The A5 still slow going in both directions between Houghton Regis and Dunstable, and in Hitchin, the A602 is slow going towards the centre of town. In Enfield, Southbury Road, heading west, is closed after an accident, causing queues between the Great Cambridge Road and Eton Road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio.
8: Thank you, Alice. Have a nice weekend. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Go and get the podcast, please. JVS is up next with what promises to be a corker. I'll be back on Monday at six. Until then, ta-ta. and
5: vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
12: This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday, it's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you feel sorry
9: for travellers? Residents in Prince's Risborough
8: are so keen to help the town.